The Power Trip is a proud member of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. You can find more, more phenomenal Kaiju and Tokusatsu content at kaijuramenmedia.com. What's up, everyone? It is JDF the Green Ranger, and you are listening to The Power Trip. It's morphin' time. Lisa! Hello, listeners with Attitude. I'm Michael. And I'm Nathan. And we're continuing our journey through the Power Rangers franchise. In today's episode, we're discussing Power Rangers Beast Morphers. talking about a lot of things we don't talk about except for how much we love beast morphers (laughs) (laughs) segway segway that was a terrible segway that was a terrible terrible segway anyway well then maybe you should take it to the repair shop and get it fixed (laughs) this is the penultimate season (laughs) this is the penultimate season for what we have seen of power rangers so far Nathan, how are you doing? <sighs> well, I'm not totally sick of it yet. Although maybe, maybe the fatigue from Ninja Steel and they who shall not be named except in the Ninja Steel episode made me a little more welcoming of Beast Warfers. Speaking of Ninja Steel, speaking of Ninja Steel, that episode is in progress. Hopefully... I mean, this episode can't come out until Ninja Steel is released, so you won't know. So then saying, why are you talking about it? I, I don't know because you've been on my ass this whole time <laughs> to get it done. I have to keep you accountable. I'm just well, being a good co-host. I know, but I also have a life, sir. Wow. Wow. I thought Power Rangers meant something to you. Fake fan! (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Nathan, this is, we're watching, we're discussing, not watching, but you get the, you get the drift. I don't know why I'm not with it today. We're talking about Beast Morphers for this episode. And you know what? I'm so happy we're here. You are. Why? Because I really enjoyed Beast Morphers more than I expected to. Overall, I liked it, too, although hmm, the ranking discussion for this season is going to be a hard one, I think. Yeah, right now, I think not to spoil things too much, but Beast Morphers has shot up to the top of the list so far. Uh, I'm still on the fence. (laughs) Well, I'm still on the fence for overall for... This era, Neo Saban and beyond, probably. I mean, let's face it. There are only, well, there are only four really good seasons and a movie for the Neo Saban and beyond. You've got Dino Charge, the 2017. You've got three. (laughs) You've got the, you got Dino Charge, the 2017 movie, uh, Beast Morphers, and Dino Fury. 
but and Dino Fury. Yeah. So, you know, that's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to decide which of those four winds up in the spots that they need to wind up for us. I kind of know where my ranking is going to line up, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, that'll be our next lightning round episode for you. Will be mm, the Neo Saban and Beyond ranking. Yes, because we are doing Beast Morphers today. Then last, and then last but certainly not least is Dino Fury. Uh, and then I don't think we have any more lightning rounds scheduled. No, we're, uh, but we are going to do a post mortem episode with a few special treats for you, listeners with for attitude. A, for a few special treats, we do. I don't know why I'm in such a weird effing mood today. Um, I, I got. I don't know. I'm just in a weird mood today. So if I if things get a little weird, I'm sorry. Never stopped you before. So, Michael, before we get off the rails again, because editing does wonders. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, Ninja Steel. Jesus. <laughs> episode's taken, that episode's taken forever. God. <laughs> We, but we are still podcast tag team champions. Can someone please bring us better competition? <laughs> Just read the damn plot synopsis. All right. Calm the frick down. Don't make me whip Rito out early. Is that that what you sounded horrible out of context. Anyway. You, I mean, <laughs> never mind. I'm going to leave that alone. Um, there's so many boner jokes that I could make. Yeah, I was going to say, I walked right in. Uh, I like that sounded worse out of context. And there's a whole slew of jokes that could come from it after that. <laughs> oh, anyway. you horny bonehead. The city of Coral Harbor unveils their new Morphex tower, which generates clean energy using the Morphin grid. Several cadets are selected as grid battle force power rangers to protect the facility. But the nefarious computer virus Evox sabotages the tower, turning two cadets into his minions and imbuing two unlikely heroes with animal DNA. Now this new team fends off waves of attacks from the cyber dimension while adding two new rangers and facing personal upheavals and a villainous revelation. So, you know, like I said at the top of the show, in all seriousness, I honestly didn't know what to expect going into Power Rangers me in, into going in going into Power Rangers Beast Morphers. The only really working knowledge I had of Beast Morphers was uh clips from the uh crossover special Grid Connection where uh, uh Austin St. John came back to the team to fight Goldar mm-hmm. Maximus. And, and then and also some of the horribly redubbed clips of past shows. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was awful, but I think we I think we learned later on because I think we learned later on they had to be redubbed because the audio was shot was recorded in mono and and it was all be- ingrained. It was all one yeah. audio track. They couldn't just remove it. Right. Right. Yeah. So and there might you know, have been some union things going on with it too. So yeah. Yeah, but we'll 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 get there. But yeah, I I didn't know a whole lot about Beast Morphers. Oh, well, and, and Goldar Maximus because and Goldar Maximus. Yeah, I, I didn't know a whole lot about Beast Morphers up to this point. It you know this was this was the this was the season that was going on during 2020. That whole thing. Um, 2019, 2020. Yeah. 
2019, 2020. So I'm not necessarily invested in Power Rangers at this point, but I remember seeing a lot of fans online uh, talk about how much they loved Beast Morphers. So, you know, going into it, I knew that this was, I knew that Beast Morphers was going to be a fan favorite. I just didn't know, I didn't necessarily know how I was going to respond to it because aesthetically speaking, there's just a lot of things, there's a lot of things about Beast Morphers that are just different. Right, right. But I like, well, things like the suits and everything in this. But this is, you know, this should, there's a lot of things going on in this show because this is a, another transition point. But unlike, say, Wild Force, this transition's cleaner. A heck oh, of a lot cleaner. cleaner because cleaner. with Wild Force... The Disney buyout happens in the middle of uh, in the middle of the show season, which makes it kind of messy. But right. in this case, it happened during pre-production. So right. Hasbro bought, bought the Power Rangers franchise from Saban uh, from Saban during pre-production of Beast Morphers, which does mm-hmm. make this transition a little bit cleaner. There are some elements of the Saban sensibilities in here, like. The early on there's some stuff with extreme sports in the first season the title card actually says sabans power rangers beast morphers so there's little vestiges of it but it's still you know more i would say more distinctly hasbro by comparison oh for sure for sure for yeah. Sure. yeah and this was this was like you said this was a much cleaner transition right right now, the other thing that's interesting about this one is this is based on a Sentai called Tokume Sentai Go Busters, which means Special Squad, Special Operation Squadron Go Busters. The reason it's interesting is because this was a Sentai that was skipped in Power Ranger production, skipped by Saban. They went with Kyuryuger and made Dino Charge instead. And because of that, this is the oldest Sentai to be used for Power Rangers. It was seven years old. Go Busters uh, came out in 2012. This show was in 2019. And the footage looks phenomenal for it, it to be seven years old. For it to be seven years old, this footage is like the, the Saban footage that you can kind of... like because. <clears throat> No, sorry, the, the Toei footage, I should say, because you can still tell, no matter how good these seasons have been, you can still kind of tell, like, the difference between Saban and um, Hasbro and uh, Toei footage. I don't know, it's just, Toei footage tends to be a lot warmer and darker and a little bit grainier. I don't know what mm-hmm. they're doing with their, I don't know what they're doing over there at, at Toei that makes it feel a little bit more, maybe cinematic is what maybe the word I'm looking for. Um, but you can tell, but man, that but for a seven-year-old Sentai, that footage looks phenomenal. Right. But here's the part that makes it even crazier. First off, this is actually, it's actually paying off a, an April Fool's Day joke. Remember, actually, Mike, I don't know if you remember hearing people talk about this. Did you know Shin Godzilla was originally an April Fool's Day joke in the, in the Godzilla fandom? I actually did not know that, sir. Yeah, that was that was something that Toho did as an April Fool's Day joke, and then a few years later they actually made it, Shin Godzilla. But in 
2014, Saban did an April Fool's Day joke where they said, oh, we're going to adapt Go Busters. And we're going to call it Power Rangers Energy Chasers. It's a terrible name. <laughs> terrible, terrible name. Yeah. So the kind of so this actually kind of got paid off. And I will say this right now. Going off of the footage I saw in this and a little bit of research I did in preparation for this podcast, GoBusters looks like a really good Sentai. Yeah, GoBusters looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, GoBusters yeah. looks like a lot, a lot of fun. Like everything about GoBusters feels <clears throat> it feels really tactical. And that's for good reason. Like their suits look their suits appear more tactical. Uh there it's not the uh typical you know, second skin, we'll say spandex style. It's not spandex! And that'll <clears throat> come up later. Um, yeah. I'm sure because, well, there is, this is a sequel to RPM. Yeah. Which we'll get into. We'll get into. And I have some opinions, but uh, the other thing that's crazy about this, and I, this is a, a factoid I got off of the Ranger wiki, quote, all Sentai-derived costumes are complete U.S. recreations since Toei destroyed the suits and many props after learning that Saban decided to adapt Kyuryuger as Power Rangers Dino Charge instead. As a result, there are many instances where the suit's quality varies from old to newer looking when switching between U.S. and Sentai made footage, end quote. See, I'm wondering, see, here's the thing. Why would Toei destroy, why wouldn't they just stick them in storage? Why would they destroy them? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, again, I have opinions on that. <laughs> Do I want to throw my hot take in now? <laughs> you know what? We're already here. I've already brought it up. Go for it. Uh, I don't think Toei cares as much about Super Sentai. I think for them, Super Sentai is just a product that they can just keep churning out, especially after they made the deal in the early 90s to have it turned into Power Rangers because they like Power Ranger money. So that's probably why, as, oppo as opposed to say, oh, I don't know, their favorite son, Kamen Rider. I mean, it's it's the signs are there. You and I talked, you and I talked about this uh, a few weeks ago when we were waiting to see if they were going to announce a new Sentai and we were speculating, oh, the, you know, Sentai is going to go on a hiatus for a little while uh, because they had not announced anything new yet. Uh, and then they, um, and then they, uh, then they announced King, was it King Oger or King, King Oger or whatever it is. Um, King Ranger, whatever. I don't know. The joke was that it was Osama Ranger. Oh, um, yeah, I can't remember the name of the Sentai. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible fan. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so it does feel as though they do care more about Common Rider and their other pro and their anime properties and things other than Super Sentai. Super Sentai just feels like another gimmicky product. Yeah. Although the gimmickiness has been getting into a lot of modern tokusatsu but that's a whole we've talked about that a little bit already and in i past and i episodes. and this is this is a, this is a conversation for much much later i'm sure but i'll be honest with you i just don't i have not been able to get into common writer to for me here's my hot take for me i i feel like common writer is for the toku hipsters where ultraman and, and super sentai is for the mainstream there there you go 
more so, yeah. But anyway, more or less. at least in the United States. But anyway, the other thing to bring up in uh, about this in our introduction is, interestingly, the core three Rangers debuted in the Boom Studios comics and not on TV. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, they were in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 29. I have not read all of the Mighty Morphin. I haven't read all of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comics. I know... I'm still catching up on a lot of those back issues. Yeah, we're working on it. Also, this is the last show, the last Power Rangers show to air entirely on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because it it switched over with the second season of, or the Final second Fury. half of, the second half of the, did it switch over during the second half of the first season of Dino Fury? Or did it switch over the first half of the second season? Of it Dino was Fury? in season two. I don't remember if it was the beginning of season two or the halfway point. I can't remember, but yeah, you're I right. I want to this say it was last... season two, the beginning of season two. I think two. it was, I think it was season two because it was still a big, it's still, it was, it was a big deal for a little while. Um, now that doesn't mean, but, I mean, we don't have to go there, but that we'll have that discussion later when we get to Dino Fury. So we'll, we'll talk, we'll save that discussion later, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is, this, this, uh, this season aired from 2019 to 2020. So this was airing during pandemic. Uh, but it was not plagued by the production woes of, say, a Dino Fury. Right, right. And actually, one more hot take. Why isn't this on physical media? Why does the last physical official <sighs> physical media for Power Rangers have to be Ninja Steel? Because Hasbro hates physical media unless it's Transformers. That's why. Or G.I. Joe. Or G.I. Joe. That's why. Hasbro does not like physical media. I, I, I just don't, I don't know Ooh. why there's, I don't know why they're so averse to physical media. Maybe it has something to do with the streaming rights. I don't know, but I really wish as, as a, as a completionist, as someone who owns all of Power Rangers seasons up to this point, why not just put Beast Morphers and Dino Fury out on physical? Now I will say just as an FYI, there are fan there are fan things that you can buy out there just say, and they're not legal, but they do exist. Mm-hmm. We've scoured eBay a little bit. They, they do exist. Now they do exist in very, in varying quality. Now I, the quality is, I don't, I can't attest to that, but I have seen a few people show off physical copies of beast morphers in some power Rangers groups. And I have links to where you can buy them you know, they're not legal. They're not official, but they're there if you want them. Yeah. Anyway, theme song <laughs> is good. But again, this is marking a shift and mercifully short. I don't like the fact that it's short. It This is when they went from 30 seconds to from 60 seconds to 30. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't really? like that. I I don't. I think it is coming from stemming from the idea that children have too short of an attention span. They can't handle a sixty second intro. Uh, maybe, but you know, it's 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 still like speaking specifically of the theme song itself. I like the theme song for this. 
it gets to the point it we don't have when well, we didn't have this in ninja steel but we we it, we don't have the ridiculous name call outs from our rangers we haven't had this since um, mega force yeah so i like the theme song for for beast morphers yeah, Fine. but it's and it, this and it, is this is when they were when the musical identity of Rangers was shifting from rock and metal to techno. To te- now there's still yeah, some which, nice ro- there's still some rock elements here, which is fine. But mm-hmm. come Dino Fury, we've completely switched over to techno, and not to get too much into Dino Fury right now. But I'm not the biggest fan of the Dino Fury theme. Go ahead, hate me. Yeah, I don't I, care. I I don't I don't honestly I don't care much for the Dino Fury theme either. Um, at least for Beast Morphers, the theme song for Beast Morphers makes sense because this is a very technology-themed season of Power Rangers. It is. It is. And, you know, I should give credit. We should have mentioned this in the introduction, but I have to give Beast Morphers credit for really tapping into the fact that this is a larger larger expanded universe and it's taking advantage Mm. of... Oh, yeah, established sure. lore and doing interesting things with it, like using the Morphin Grid to make clean energy. I like that idea. I like that. I like that. I like the fact that Beast Morphers expanded on the lore and actually utilized past characters in a way that made sense and felt meaningful. Looking at you, Megaforce. Yeah. So anyway, if yeah, the themes the theme is fun. It's catchy. It's it's an anthem. This this is a point where you're basically, I mean, there's no opening narration to give you the premise of the show or anything. You're based. It's basically assuming you, if you're watching, you know what the heck is going on. Right. Exactly. Yep. Now I, but I wouldn't rank it among the best in the franchise. I probably wouldn't put this on a top ten list. Personally, mm, I mean it's it's there. Uh, we've heard way worse. I, I still believe the Mystic Force theme song is way worse than this. The Overdrive theme song is way worse than this. That's because Overdrive has the worst Power Ranger theme song ever of all time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's we, we've heard way... this. I would say Beast Morphers is probably top 10 because we've heard way worse. Eh, yeah, but we're not ranking theme songs at the moment right. as much as some people would like us to. Yeah, so... <laughs> So anyway, uh, let's move on to our Rangers. And uh, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't have minded spending a little more time on the themes, but we got a lot of characters to talk about. <laughs> we got a lot. Yeah, we got a lot of ground to cover. And we're going to start with, as always, with our Red Ranger, Devin Daniels, played by Rory D. Travis. Uh-huh. I like, I like Devin. I like Devin a lot. I like uh, the dynamic. Well, the, there's another character we'll have to mention a little bit later, but there, uh, because he is the son of the mayor of Coral Harbor, mm. which does create a really interesting dynamic. All of these Rangers have some interpersonal stuff that creates some drama for them that actually gets integrated pretty well, I think, into mm. all the Ranger yeah. stuff. And yeah. I was particularly struck by Devin, especially in the first season with their setup for him, because his dad is not, as mayor, is not the biggest fan of Grid Battle Force. I th- and initially, I don't think he's entirely sold on the whole Morphex thing, but it's getting the city a lot of attention. 
And, you know, we find out later he's running for re-election. So, you know, getting some points there with the electorate. But we've, uh, what, what makes it difficult is he thinks that Devin, who's a, you know, who's a gamer and things like that, he doesn't think he's applying himself, thinks he's lazy. and Which we've seen this before. Yeah, we've, we've we've seen this. We've seen this father and son dynamic trope, whatever you want to call it before. Right. But what makes it interesting is because he has to keep his identity as a ranger secret. The mayor loves the Power Rangers. And so it's hard for him because he's like, my dad is proud of me, but he's not proud of me. Right. And that's hard because there's an episode where the mayor basically says, I'm getting you a job at a car wash because he's a, because the guy who runs, it's a friend of mine. And then Devin tries so hard. <laughs> he, he does what, I mean, you could argue he's not able to do, I should say what a lot of past Rangers have magically been able to do, but I think it actually makes more sense here <laughs> where he yeah. tries to hold down a job, but he keeps getting pulled away by Ranger duties. <laughs> so he loses the job and that upsets his dad. And then he just has to live with it. Right. Now, eventually his dad will find out that Devin is a ranger. Yeah. And that, and that, and that, that, that works to, um, repair their relationship because their relationship becomes much better after that. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, he is, you know, Devin is kind of the, I don't want to say he's not really a rebellious. He's not really a rebellious child. He just, he just wants to kind of do his own thing. You know, he, he wants to get out from under his dad's shadow. There's a little bit of that. And as time goes on, he really starts to develop as a character. We also get some interesting insights. The first thing that we should mention is that both Devin and Zoe, our yellow ranger, we'll get to her in a bit. were not originally meant to be rangers. We had two other characters who were cadets who were supposed to become rangers, but due to villainous shenanigans, that didn't happen, and it ends up being Devin and Zoe who become rangers. So they're not reluctant rangers, but they were unlikely rangers. So they have to grow into this. Right, because Zoe, you know, Zoe worked in the, she worked, she worked in the cleaning crew. She worked, uh, she washed towels. She did laundry, laundry. She did laundry. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she, yeah, she did laundry. And that actually makes some sense because Devin has an interesting episode in season one where we find out that he's might be a little addicted to power. <laughs> a little. It's a very, yeah, because a lot of the, I don't know if we want to park here yet, but their powers are derived from animals. From and animals. Specific, specifically animal DNA. So uh-huh. their DNA, their DNA is mixed in their animals are mixed into their human DNA, but that comes with some side effects. So for oh Dev, since we're, since, side so effects with, that almost never get brought up. After. Right. But for, for Devin, his DNA was mixed with a cheetah. So, you know, cheetah, big cat, cats are afraid of dogs. It's revealed. It's shown pretty quickly that Devin is afraid of dogs. He freezes. No, he's not up afraid dogs. of dogs. He just freezes up. He, I mean, literally freezes up. Yeah. Petrified. Well, he's, he's, can't move yeah. whenever he sees. Not even a real dog. If he just sees a dog on a sign, 
Right. It happens. Which was, so, which I would think like, okay, bad guys go pick a fight with somebody at a, at a pet store, throw Devin in. And he's just, he's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> right. Right. So, or make, so, yeah. I don't know, make a wolf monster. Like, like wolf Tron. <laughs> I mean, that would have made a whole heck of a lot more sense, but you know, I guess our, I guess as smart as our villains are, they're not that smart. Um, I guess not. Yeah. It's, it's a little, it's, it's a little quirk. It's, it's, it's a part quirk, of, but it doesn't really get utilized. It's just played for laughs no, on rare occasion. It, no. Cause I'm thinking of the one episode with where steel, we'll get to steel in a little bit where steel gets a puppy and yeah. it cuts to the, it, cuts to the screen of Devin just sitting there frozen because steel is holding a puppy. It's like, okay, that's whatever. That's fine. Right. Right. The other, it doesn't, it, it doesn't break anything. It, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't really break anything because they don't use it that often. Which I think is a little bit of an issue. If you're going to go out of your way to establish quirky weaknesses, you might want to use them. <laughs> but they would have probably been a destroy. They would have, I think that you going out of their way to use these kind of really quirky weaknesses would have been, would have turned into a little bit more of a distraction and would have just, and would have uh, brought down. I think it would have, it, it could have potentially brought down the show potentially, but then why even introduce them? Uh, I'm not the writer, sir. I'm just saying that might have been a little bit of a misstep because it was a weird thing to introduce and then almost never use. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's good that they don't use it that often. So it's really not that big. It's not that big of a misstep because they just don't utilize it. Yeah. Which makes me think they would have been better off just not having them. (laughs) Yeah, true. But like a couple of our Rangers get theirs brought up a lot more often. Like our blue Ranger, uh, Robbie Shaw played by jazz. Baduwalia. I think you got it. I think I got that. Baduwalia. Yep. Um, and again, is, talking about uh, continuing the theme of Rangers with important parents <laughs> in this show. His mom is his commander. So we have yes. Commander Shaw. I call her Commander Mom. <laughs> yes. Well, that's uh, uh, well, uh, it, it, that's kind of brought back at the end where. It's like, that looks great, General. It's like, please, we're off duty. It's mom. You know, it's uh, so anyway, there's that little dynamic there. And it creates some tension between him and his mother because his mother and we'll get to her in a few minutes. But his mother's like his mother just wants Robbie to be this very stoic uh, stick to the rules kind of character. But we learn there's more to Robbie later. And to kind of go back to what we were talking about, the animal powers Ravi is, I believe his is the one that comes up the most because his weakness is, since he is infused with gorilla DNA, he is overly aggressive, which causes his body and he, which causes his body to overheat. So that comes up a lot more often than say Devin or Zoe's. Right. Zoe's, right. Zoe's, Zoe's is just brought up in passing mo- most of the time. And hers is kind of pointless. <laughs> It's pointless, but it's like, what are you going to do with a bunny? Right. You know, she she needs, she needs carrots. Oh, I've got so many jokes. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do with a bunny at that point? So whatever, or I should say, or jackrabbit. She's a jackrabbit. I, I, I jokes. <laughs> Be fruitful and multiply. Like yes. Money. 
but we can't do that. <laughs> we can't do well, that. Maybe, but that would have well, been well, funny. Well, that would have well, been Nate, so funny. <laughs> where, she, where she's like, like she's like crushing on every boy she sees. <laughs> but we're not talking about Zoe right now. <laughs> that would actually be really. That actually really. Yeah. Would be fun. Now or, here's or, the thing. Here's go like, going ahead, back Nate. to Ravi. Do you think he's weird? No, I think he's just awkward. Like he's been, he's, he's kind of lived to please his mother for so long that he's suppressed, you know, his artistic side, we'll say. I'm not so much worried about that, you know, with this hyper-practical mother who thinks things like art and apparently relationships, if you're in grid battle force is a waste of time. Okay, I think the no the Rangers can't date Rangers rule is kind of stupid, but you know I, that that was I think that was the point. But <laughs> Disney Brain had some he was put off a little bit by Ravi because he thought Ravi was kind of weird, especially yeah. with how he hung around. Because here's another part of the setup: there the other two characters who are supposed to become rangers are roxy and blaze we'll talk about them in a little bit Mm -hmm. but instead of becoming rangers when evox messed around with stuff the villain Mm -hmm. he put them into a coma and then basically created avatars of them that are his minions and a sticking point in season one is they have to destroy the avatars so that they can wake up blaze and roxy Roxy and Ravi used to were in a relationship before they joined Grid Battle Force, but since they weren't allowed to be in a relationship, if since they were both in Grid Battle Force, you know, they basically broke up, but they still are in love with each other. Which so is Stark, so it's a, it's sort of like a I don't know if it's quite like this, but I brought this up when we were talking about it. It's sort of like a maybe a little bit like a Romeo and Juliet type situation because a it does bit, but it's not it, feuding it, families. True, but it does come into play in one focus episode where uh, because Roxy becomes Roxy becomes what they call an avatar. And we'll get to that when we talk about the villains, but uh, she becomes an avatar. Her body basically separates from her good side to her evil side. Her evil side becomes the quote avatar, but she uses that against Ravi. She uses their relationship. She uses it about she uses against him in a really really screwed up kind of way. Uh, so that's how I kind of saw it. I saw it as like sort of a Romeo and Juliet type situation. Uh, they're star lovers. lovers, I would say, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Cause she's an avatar. Then later she's a robot in yeah. season two. It's a robot, but yeah. So there are points where he's hanging out at the tube that they're using to keep their bodies alive and he'll, draw or paint her and disney brain apparently thought that was kind of weird i didn't think that was weird i'm like if you know someone who's, if you know someone who's in a coma and you and you're an artist you're probably going to do that you're going to sit there I and you're saw gonna talk, that is more and you're going to talk to them and i fervently disagree with with the disney brain on that i feel i feel like that's more romantic than it is weird right well then but then he had uh, he brought up something from season two that i think was reaching a little bit which is because, spoiler warning, they do manage to destroy the avatars and wake the both of them up. So they're fine. And at that point, Commander Mom changes 
the rule so they can be together. And there are a couple of episodes where they you know, develop the relationship a bit. There is one where there is a misunderstanding between the two of them. Rob, they were going to celebrate their anniversary. Ravi made a painting of the two of them. He was in such a hurry that he left it at the bus stop. And this very nice old lady was talking with him. And she's like, oh, your art is, so, is great. And the he got into a hurry, left it there. And <laughs> thankfully, his phone number was included on his canvas or whatever so she used the phone number to send him a text message and was telling him that the painting was really nice and things like that and you know it said her name was stacy and things and roxy read those and thought that he was cheating on her and he's like why would you think i would cheat on you and it turns into this argument about trust and he got he got mad and he stormed out and it strained their relationship and disney brain had an issue with that because he thought that Ravi should have apologized for part of what went on. Instead, it was all Roxy who was apologizing because she knew she re- overreacted and jumped to conclusions. And he also took umbrage with the fact that he was that he went and did some ranger duty stuff and basically took his, as he put it, took his frustrations out on Roxy's evil robot double. And he thought that was creepy. I disagree. I I, looked at that. I'm like, I think he separated the two. There was a whole episode where he had to learn that the avatar, well, cyber villain Roxy was not his Roxy. So I think he has separated the two. I think he, yeah, I think he separated the two now to, to the point of where both of them at fault. Yeah. Kind of, because I get it. I I get that you want to it. I get that you want it to be a surprise and yada, yada, yada. But at that point, I've I, I've been in enough relationships to know that at that point to say to save CAD. the relationship, huh? I say CAD. <laughs> well, to save the to save the relationship and make the other person not feel so worried or paranoid, just tell them what was really going on. Yes, it spoils the surprise, but just tell them what's really going on because that way you don't have those lingering feelings out there. Um, right. That's what I, that's the problem I had with it. I, the the stuff that Disney Brain is saying that's reaching. I, I don't agree with that. Right. I would I would agree with you there. But you know, Ravi is the one of the three who was originally intended to become a ranger, mm-hmm. which in a way you know, which I'm surprised they didn't utilize quite as much. They did early on because both Zoe and Ravi kind of wanted to be in charge. Devin didn't immediately jump into the leadership role. He kind of eased his way into that mm. because, I mean, Zoe was working for Grid Battle Force just in laundry, but mm. Ravi was an actual cadet. He had been trained for this. Right. But as time went on, they had to learn to defer to Devin because Devin has Red Ranger privilege. Right. Well, it's a (laughs) it's it's a it's another it's another Jack and Sky type situation. Yeah, it just wasn't the main focus. But it wasn't the main focus and it got resolved really quickly uh, and it didn't become a plot and it wasn't a plot point throughout the entire season as as it was with Jack and Sky and SPD. So it, it wasn't the main focus because you have Robbie and Zoe trying to prove that they deserve that they either one of those deserve to be the leader 
uh, Devin, you know, brings them both is able to make some tough calls and, and become the actual and show that he actually has leadership skills. And at the end of that episode, they said, you know what? Devin should be the leader. Yep. And that was nice. It was fine. Whatever. It's, I'm glad they didn't drag that out the whole time and they just right. moved on. Right. Because and in true se- not because it wouldn't be, not because it wouldn't have been good, but because we've seen that before. We right. don't need to see that again. Right. And in true Sentai fashion, when he activates his quote unquote beast power, he gets magically huge biceps and then magically rips up whatever terrain is near him that magically becomes a giant rock that he throws. Or a girder. Yes. Sometimes he he magically rips a girder out of a building and then just smacks bad guys with it. He never he changed Super a- Sentai. <laughs> He needs anger management. That's exactly what it boils down to. Oh, only in those instances. But at only least in, in that case, instances. he's taking his anger out on killer robots. I think we can right. all be okay with that. We can be okay with that. Yeah. We can be okay with that. Anyway, Yellow Ranger, Zoe Reeves, played by Jacqueline Skalowski. Salowski? I hope, I'm sorry if I said your name Slow- wrong. Sislowski. Sislowski? Sislowski. Skislowski. Okay, fine. Sis, we'll go with Sis. Jesus Christ, I can't even say it. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, we'll just call her Jackie. Jackie for short. There, fine. <laughs> Jackie. All right. Anyway, so Yellow Ranger. She starts off kind of interesting. I. She actually had what I thought was going to be her catchphrase for the whole season. Oh, and I've had some mixed feelings about certain rangers having their own little trademark catchphrases. Looking at you, Mr. Ninja Steel Red, not everything is epic. Shut up. Anyway. I, was but, ref- I was reframing from saying anything, but okay. Yeah, but anyway, because when she starts off, she's saying things to herself. And I consider this for our best line award, which was, I'm the girl who, uh, what is it? Uh, I'm not afraid of big problems. I solve big problems. Mm. And that comes out and that comes back later because, you know, keeping with the theme of parents who have, who have, who are important, her mom is not in the military and she's not, and she's not even in government, but she's a reporter. She's a reporter. So we find that out a a few episodes in. Yeah. She's a reporter. So Mm -hmm. and there is an episode where, and this was, this was interesting. The comic book fan in me was very pleased with this. There, there is an episode that creates tension between her and her mother because her mother has an opportunity to reveal the identities of the Power Rangers because the Rangers had to morph right outside the TV station when there was going to be a big celebrity who was going to come and get interviewed. It was a movie star. Mm. Yeah. But she got delayed. And... The, but uh, what? she got delayed and then there was a monster attack. Everyone ran the Rangers morph, but the, her cameraman, his digital camera, he dropped it and it, uh, but it was still on and it actually recorded them morphing and fighting, but then it was damaged. And then the guy spent the whole day trying to fix the SD card so that he could see what was, see what was on it. So she had the opportunity 
to reveal their identities and make them famous and things like that. That was her justification. Like one, it'll advance my career Two, It'll make them famous. It'll be good for them. I think she even said that something like, uh, this will win me a Pulitzer or yeah. something for sure. Yeah. Like those and, something, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into this lesson because Zoe decides to be a little bit clever and manages to get the celebrity to come and well, no, the celebrity came later to be interviewed and said, Oh, I was delayed. Cause I got just accosted by a bunch of fans at the airport. They wouldn't leave me alone. And then she tried to go around the city in disguise and wearing a wig and things like that. And it worked. And then she got sworn by fans at our not juice bar. Well, it's the new juice bar. <laughs> not Ernie's. Yeah. Yeah. The, at not Ernie's. And, so she interviewed her on the show and talked about the perils of being famous. And then that's what, when her mother said, you know what? I don't need to tell anybody who they really are. She destroyed the SD card live on the air. Yeah. It's essentially like, saying it's, it's essentially saying maybe it's best that we don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's best. We don't, I don't like, thank you. This is why secret identities matter for superheroes. Right. Not everybody can be Lightspeed Rescue and pull off the public superhero persona, which I'm amazed that they never that they they didn't get swarmed. I guess everybody in Mariner Bay just thinks of them as public servants, mm. not celebrities. Oh well, we talked about that in our Lightspeed Rescue episode. So, <laughs> but you know, so there was that, and her weakness is she has to eat carrots. Apparently, all that's the time. it. That's it. I mean, I guess if I mean they could have made that worse. It could be like she's entirely dependent on carrots to do anything. So maybe she has to keep a supply of carrots with her at all times. That would have been kind of funny. She's toting around a little baggie of baby carrots with her in her uh, everywhere. Yeah, yeah like, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, this is some of the most practical looking ranger suits we've seen in a while. They're made out of their leather and not spandex. So that you would think they could just put like a utility, like a Batman style utility belt. I could just see her. She's like you know, try, grabbing carrots and, you know, trying and trying to eat them all the time. <laughs> that would have been kind of funny, but we don't get that. But you know, apparently she is, she is a giant killer rabbit. What, what band name, uh, what band did it, what did, what band did, what band name did we come up with the screaming bunnies or the screaming rabbits? The, the screaming bunnies, yeah. When they do their morphing sequence, and there's this little tornado that covers them, and then the heads of their respective animals will spin around, look at the camera, and roar at them. And I'm like, okay, cheetah, that makes sense. Gorilla makes sense. Screaming bunny. I'm like, okay. <laughs> the, so that what what. Apparently, Zoe doesn't realize is that her weakness is not the constant need to eat carrots. Her weakness is the holy hand grenade. So that's all the bad guys needed to do. <laughs> Go find the holy hand grenade of Antioch, and they could have ended this <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> so her other thing, speaking of name affinity characters, she has a crush on our... Uh, uh, on Nate, who we'll talk about in a moment, and because of the no dating rule in Great Battle Force, that creates some tension. 
You know, I really enjoyed, I don't know if we should talk about it now or wait, but I guess we can talk about it now. The, she does have a crush on Nate. Now, let me ask you this before we move on. I, I got a very important question to ask you. Uh-huh. Do you prefer, do you prefer Zate or Zathan? That's what I'm, that's what I'm going with. Like, which, which one do you prefer, Zate or Zathan? Zathan sounds like he is from the planet Zimbab and is planning on taking over the world with the help of the Zillions. What about, what about, uh, 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 what about Noe? Or, because there's really not a whole, there's, you'd have to go with the Z Noe. because there's really not, there's not a ton you could do with Zoe, you know? Yeah. Look. Noe sounds like a character in Narnia. So I'm going to go with Zate. I'm going to go yeah. with Zate as their, as their power couple name. Their power, cu- power couple. Yes. Ah, <laughs> because they do end up because that is a plot point. They do actually end up together and they end up to their first date, which was technically not a first date was really funny because they're going, because uh, this almost was one of my lines. Nate, uh, Nate says, I really, I just really love cheesy monster movies or cheesy <laughs> sci- or, or, or cheesy sci-fi. Movie. I can't remember exactly. It's cheesy sci-fi it. movie. Uh, it's the, it's something about it being the best way to unwind. Yes. Yes. The best way to unwind. A, is a cheesy, cheesy, a cheesy sci-fi movie is just what I need to unwind. That's, that's it. See, there we go. <laughs> this is why I take notes. Yes. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> What were they watching? Attack of the Worm People or something like that? Uh, Hydra Worm. Yeah, I'm double checking. Revenge of the Hydra Worm. Revenge of the Hydra Worm, which just screams 1950s, 1960s B-movie. I love it. It sounds like something I should be covering on the Monster Island Film Vault. (laughs) Anyway, their first date, which was really not a first date, but was kind of a first date because Zoe wanted it to be a first date because she reveals later that I was, ho- I came to the movie because I was hoping I'd see you there get spoiled because they hire a new intern that oh, wants. Oh no. The, uh, Megan, the blackmailer. Oh yes. I Megan hated the her so much. I did she not just- like her. To put it politely. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. She kind of ruined everything, which is why it was funny that she came back later. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And Nate rightfully didn't trust her. <laughs> she had to prove that she was trustworthy. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I like, but I then like steel them. kind of wrecked things a little bit later when he was trying to help. No, it wasn't steel. It was the bad guy. Good Lord. <laughs> Evox, you bastard! You are such a cock blocker. <laughs> the power because he Nate was going in that he was going in for that kiss, and then Evox ruined it. But we did get a little bit of kissing with Ravi and Roxy. I'm like, holy crap! There's kissing. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that the kissing has ramped up a little bit since. Well, since- not it, not as much as Ninja Steel, but. Not as much as Ninja Steel, but those were that was a pre-established couple as we've talked about. But yeah, um, so take that executives who think that boys don't like kissing. <laughs> but yes, 
uh, I've heard some people complain about Zoe. I don't mind her. Am I going to be putting her on my list of like all time favorite Rangers or even like all time best yellow Rangers? I don't no, think so, but really. I don't think she's terrible either. I don't think no. any of these characters are terrible, but am I like just over the moon about all, uh, about any of them? Not no. really. Well, kind of one of them. <laughs> actually more than kind of one of them <laughs> but yeah the our core uh, our core group they're solid but you know wouldn't rank them among my favorites necessarily no before we move on really quick because we always I, I feel like we always forget to do this but do we want to talk about the suits just really quickly just to kind of talk about it a bit already uh they're leather instead of spandex Mm-hmm. Which takes, I, I think I got over how they looked pretty quickly. I actually I like did. the fact that they're leather and not spandex. They look. I like, hmm? I like the fact that they're more tactical. Yeah. We've talked about there being tactical ranger suits before, like with SPD, but that was still spandex. And here, the, like, you can actually see what looks like working zippers in the front. Like, the tops actually just look like coats, which I think is kind of mm. cool. Yeah. And their vi- the visors on their helmets look like sunglasses, which I think is a pretty cool a- aesthetic choice. It is. So, you know, the, the for once, we've got some sort of practical-looking Sentai suits. And slash Power Ranger suits, and I am totally cool with that. Totally oh, cool. I with agree. That. This actually, I don't know. What do you think? I was just on Retro Rewind, the the Retro Rewind podcast, talking about MMPR the movie, and one of the people on the show suggested that maybe what they should have done is done something more like the X Men movies, where the characters were wearing leather costumes instead of what they did in the in MMPR the movie with the PVC suits. I wasn't so sure that was going to work. Then I watched Beast Morphers. And now I'm wondering, huh, could this work in a big budget movie? I think it could work because it feels more, it feels a lot more grounded. It does, but it also is still aesthetically pleasing, I would say. Hmm. I think this was... This was one of the ones this their suits was what was kind of throwing me off when I would just see images of uh, Beast Morphers because they don't look like anything we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 feel they feel like a completely different. They almost feel like uh, in a weird way. They almost feel like kind of a Power Rangers Super Sentai parody than an actual like Power Rangers season. Does that make sense? Uh, that makes sense. But let me tell you, I have seeing clips of an actual Toei produced Super Sentai parody. <laughs> it's a lot wilder than this. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I can see what you mean by that, but I still think these suits work pretty well. Again, no, I think they work. Are they like, are they my favorite Ranger suits? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I want to like mention them. this. I want to mention this before in case I, because I, I don't want to forget it. I don't want to forget it. So I'm going to go ahead and mention this now. And we can expand on it later when we get to the Zord section. But I really like the fact that we don't have those big, ridiculous, co- those big, ridiculous group oh. cockpits for this. 
Oh, I am. Uh, yeah, but then that gets brought back in Dino Fury, which is it does. Odd. It does. But I'm really glad that we don't have those big, ridiculous uh, group room cockpits because I just I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I don't like them. I, I don't like them at all. I'm not the biggest fan of them either. Because they don't feel like cockpits. They just feel like just stages. I don't know what there's. I don't know. Stages and, oh, we have to have uh, power-up costumes that we never use anywhere else but here. Right. It just just feels like this feels like that's why I like Beast Morpher so much because everything feels... We we talked about in we talked about um, in Ninja Steel. I think it was our Ninja Steel episode where we talked about the differences between uh, differences between Super Sentai and Power Rangers and sort of American superheroes, where American superheroes feel more individualistic and Super and Super Sentai and Power Rangers are acting as a unit as a team. Beast Morphers does feel very individualistic, but they're still acting in unison as a team. I just like the fact that there's those that there's just a singular cockpit for each ranger, not and they're still and, and they still have to be tactical. They still have to coordinate, and they're not this big like stage area that they right. this magical this magical stage where they all get to wear their fancy costumes and power up costumes. I, I don't know. It's just, it's yeah, a well, they do, and they do get power up costumes in this, but they're they do. basically very understated battleizers. Huh? Yep. And they actually coincide. And what's really interesting, they coincide with their, um, they coincide with their beast forms, their, their beast, beast spots. Their yeah. Beast and spots, yeah. and the beast spots, which I wonder if there was a little bit of a missed opportunity there. Cause I think they could have, made them more individualistic and tailor them to eat the individual B spots. Like, you know, like Zoe could have really light armor because her superpower is that she can jump really high because Jackrabbit mm-hmm. Ravi's super strong and Devin has super speed. Okay. So like give Devin some, you know, so also some lighter armor and maybe he has boots that, you know, help him to run faster or something. Or Ravi will t- basically turns into a, a walking tank, you know, or it's like yeah. he's big and burly and, you know, it's, it's like magic muscles, Schwarzenegger mode from mystic force, but armor. maybe, maybe, it, you know, maybe Devin's is, um, maybe Devin has a good amount of armor. Maybe it's maybe Zoe doesn't have maybe she has the least amount of armor because she has to stay light and pliable and and uh, 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 react. She has to be able to react quickly. Um, But maybe maybe Devin's he still has a good amount of armor on, but it's it's sleeker, sort of like a sort of like a a Ferrari or a Corvette. Right. Similar similar to the lines that you would see on a sports car. Right. But, you know, they didn't do that. They went for something more uniform and, you know, Sentai footage and all of that fun stuff. I'm just yeah. saying that was an opportunity that they could have tried. But, they could have. Yeah. Because you know, from what I, I understand, there was a, a good, from what I understand, there was a sizable budget for this. Looks like it. <laughs> Especially since they had to make a bunch of their own, they had to recreate a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Toei, hold on to your stuff. I'm just saying. Hmm. Jeez, quit treating Super Sentai like it's disposable. Yeah. Now I want to know how many of those ra- uh, of those rider suits you saved. 
But speaking of speaking of speaking of writer and speaking of someone who's not disposable, Nate Silva, played by Abraham Rodriguez, he is our Gold Ranger. Yeah. So we we don't have a sixth ranger per se. We have two extra rangers. This is going back to like Dino Thunder and Jungle Fury, where we have a core group of three, and then we get two more later. Yeah. Oh, Dino Fury does that, but they eventually get to six. And Nate, and what also makes Nate special is he's our tech. My name is the one that. Ma- what also makes Nate special <laughs> is he's a tech whiz and he makes all of their weapons and equipment. Mm-hmm. And so, he's a child prodigy, but and he's a child prodigy as opposed to just kind of leaning into, he's a child prodigy. He's super smart and good at everything. No, not quite. He's super smart, but he still makes mistakes. He still makes mistakes. He's a little bit socially awkward and he's, got some parent issues because mom and dad work all the time because they're humanitarians going around and helping people and they're not home very much and he misses them and he's dr k 2.0 as we find out later as we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there yeah we might want to save that for the villain talk (laughs) yeah we'll want to save that for the villain talk so yeah, he's our token nerd. He's very Billy-esque. Like, this is, he's the kind of team techie that goes all the way back to the original Saban era with Billy. Yeah, but he, but it, but he didn't start out as a ranger. He was, he was only a ranger by necessity. Like, he, he pretty much kind of stumbled into it. Well, it was because he was trying to prevent Evox from escaping the cyber dimension through a gateway mm. to get into the real world, the human world. And when he did it, because it was, Evox was trying to get into a robot body that he was forced to build. And by doing, and in order to keep Evox from doing it, because he figured out that Evox, no, it was later. They figured that Evox doesn't like human DNA, but to keep him from combining with that, he basically turned himself into a ranger. But the, (laughs) The morphing sequence also got the robot body caught and created the other character we're going to have to talk about in a moment. Not only does <clears throat> I don't not only does Nate have some parent issues, he also just has he's also an only child. So yep. we learned that we learned later on that he feels deprived from the fact that he doesn't have a sibling. Yep. Which plays into our nut, which plays into the other character that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Yeah, but, who honestly kind of steals the show. Not, no pun intended. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but, I mean, we talked a lot about Nate already and with his connection to Zoe. Mm-hmm. Nate is also the kind of... Yeah, so he's got all of those relationship issues, you know, those parent issues that he's that he's wrestling with, and then he has... He wrestles with some guilt later about some things that happened. Uh, he, he's also a nerd who you know enjoys cheesy sci-fi movies and things like that. He's got a lot going for him. Sounds eerily familiar oh. to another to another Nate that I know. Uh huh. Except my except I don't have parent issues. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else except for the parent, and I have siblings. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I have siblings. <laughs> and I'm not quite the science whiz. <laughs> science. Oh, science. Uh, but no, no, no. Okay. Anyway, continue your thoughts. Sorry, I derailed you. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I'm just like, I'm just trying to sit here and I'm just trying to think what are some standout Nate moments that aren't that aren't connected to other characters i mean he has some but it's it's hard to talk about nate without talking about the other characters <laughs> it's great to be human that wasn't even I, him that was the actor that was I mr rodriguez and something something it's great to be human uh, uh. i can <sighs> eat ice cream and chew bubble gum or something uh, something the, the lyrics are stupid the lyrics are ridiculous <laughs> It turned into a Disney Channel thing for a second, but we're saving that for later, sir. <laughs> sure. We're saving that discussion for later. Like I said, I'm hard-pressed to think of him outside of other characters. Now, he yeah, does he- have a nice focus episode where he his parents come back and he has to make a tough mm-hmm. call. He, does. he, he could go with his parents, tough. who he doesn't get to see very much, and he misses and things like that. Because they were saying, because he's like, you you guys just keep moving. He's like, well, we're going to stop moving, but we're going to go to Costa Rica for two years. We're just going to stay there. We want you to come with us. Hmm. And he almost does it, but then he realizes he still has a lot of work that he still needs to do in Coral Harbor with Grid Battle Force. Well, he realizes it because Zoe kind of screws it up while he's gone. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. He spends a lot of time in his lab. He's very precise about how things are supposed to work there. And then everyone finds out, oh, we're a little dependent on you, Nate, because we don't know how anything works. I think you're right. Like, I'm having a really hard time. I'm really having a hard time talking about Nate without bringing up other characters because Nate is so closely tied to the, to the other characters in our cast that in a way... In a, he stands out, but in a way he doesn't. With, on he, he's in a way he stands on his own, and in a way he doesn't because he's so closely intertwined with the rest of our team. Does that if that makes sense? Yeah, which I don't think is a bad thing. All of these no. characters have close ties with other characters. Right, it's not a bad thing. I'm just trying to think of another episode. Like the episode I was going to bring up is not even an ep- is 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 a Nate focused episode but it's a Nate focused episode because of another character named right. I was going to bring up the basketball episode Yeah because Nate is uh, unlike some of our other past characters like Ninja Steel Pink in her tight jeans <laughs> and hoverboard <laughs> it's, uh, he's not good at sports and he's, no, he's embarrassed by that at all Yeah he's yeah. embarrassed by that he doesn't even know how basketball works. And right. but his Although, new friends on his team like do like doing things like that and he feels left out cuz he doesn't understand how it works. Can we just talk about steel now cuz I can't talk yes. about that episode without talking about steel. Yeah, so steel voiced by Jamie Linehan, Linehan, Linehan and played in his human form. Good lord. <laughs> by Sam Jelly, I guess. Okay. Yeah. He's a tokusatsu character. What I mean by that is 
He's a robot character played by a man in a suit. Mm-hmm. He's our fifth ranger, our final ranger. Fifth, Although they yeah. both, both him and Nate become rangers in the same episode. He's silver. Which makes the name Nate Silva kind of funny. I'm like, why did they make him gold and not silver? It's in the name. Okay. Anyway, oh, so Steel is wonderful. And he in true wonderful. SPD fashion, this is a character I think in lesser hands would have been would annoying. It would not have worked. I was, when Steel first shows up, I was fully expect, it's like, I, I was kind of thinking to myself, okay, they're going to lose me here. I'm not going to like Steel. Steel's going to get on my nerves. I'm going to just, it'll be kind of like, um, uh, it'll be kind of like Robo Knight where I just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just waiting for him to be off screen so we can move on. <laughs> I am Steel, defender of the environment. And rapper of terrible rhymes. <laughs> but Steel is Nate. <laughs> Darn it. Why didn't Pumpkin Rapper just appear out of nowhere and kill Robo Knight? Please. I, that would have been so great. Like, he's just like, what's with you and all your bad rhymes? And then he just rips his head off and goes, <laughs> goes home. But Steel goes back to is... like Power Ranger hell or something. <laughs> but Steel is, is Nate's half brother both in the figurative and literal I, sense. yeah but they stopped calling him a half they, i don't know did they ever call him a half brother they just call him a brother because but he's half he's quote unquote half human i don't know how that works because we never see any biological components but we're told he has okay. human dna i'm willing to go with it because I i'm like willing to go with so it much. too but and he also has i believe it's supposed to be beetle dna or scarab dna they changed scarab, it yeah. from his Sentai counterpart. I think it, I think he's a scarab in this. I think, or stag beetle maybe. Stag beetle. His Sentai counterpart is a beetle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because his name is his first name in the Sentai is literally Beat B E E T. But because I don't remember offhand, but he's equal parts old school superhero, like Golden Age superhero. And little kid. Oh, yeah. Which I know on paper sounds like it would be insufferable. He's incredibly enthusiastic about everything. Yes, about everything. And he's a little full of himself. A little. A little. As a one-year-old would probably be. He's more than one. Come on. <laughs> In terms of his actual mental capacity, he's more like a 10 year old. Come on. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely, I mean, but still he's very, steel is very enthusiastic about everything and going and going back to that, um, uh, going back to that episode we were talking about a few minutes ago with the basketball, the basketball episode, Devin, or it's, uh, I think it's Zoe that comes to Nate and says, you need to start doing more things with, with steel because steel is just trying to explore the world. He wants to go mountain mm-hmm. climbing. He wants to go swimming. He wants to do all these things. Mm-hmm. And he, he wants to connect ha- with people and he wants to connect with people. And so he wants to connect with his brother, but Nate doesn't feel comfortable, you know, compromising and doing the things that steel mm-hmm. wants to do because steel is very outgoing. He's almost in, he's almost the exact opposite of Nate where Nate is kind of yeah. introverted. I mean, and he's I, I, I can understand the frustrations that go along with a pseudo sibling. Right. So, 
<laughs> so um <laughs> listen to the film fault and you'll understand listen, people. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna let that I'm gonna let that one go. Uh so many jokes. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just saying this is eerily similar. <laughs> so so Steele just wants to connect with people. He's very extroverted. Nate is very introverted. And back to that episode we were talking about with the basketball, um Zoe convinces Nate to spend some time with Steele. And when he finally is going to, when he's finally about to do that, Devin comes in and says, Hey, you want to play some basketball steel? Steel says, that sounds great. And they go and play basketball. And so Nate becomes jealous because he wants to spend time with steel, but he doesn't necessarily like doing the things that steel wants to do. So Nate has to learn compromise in right. that moment. And he also has to learn that Steel's not just a robot because he does kind of try to, he goes like, I want to go swimming. And he's like, robots don't go swimming. And you know, he, he has to come to grips with the fact that Steel's more, more than just a quote unquote robot. Steel in a lot of ways reminds me of data from Star Trek, the next generation, mm-hmm. but more childlike data because data operates like an adult. An adult, but he's an but basically he's an adult learning to be human. He this steel is a little kid trying to learn how to be human. Mm-hmm. So he has the kind of voice and dialogue of like an like I said an, an old school golden age superhero, but he has the enthusiasm and curiosity and exuberance of a ten year old. Right. You know he. He's still growing up and he wants to learn all of these things and he wants to be more than he really is. But he's, you know, still and he's excited about everything. And like I said, in the wrong hands, he would he basically would have been a power Kenny, like an overgrown power Kenny. But he's not a power Kenny. But yeah, he's endearing. He's always trying to help out. Sometimes he oversteps his bounds. He tried to he doesn't try to play matchmaker, but he tries to make arrangements to get Nate and Zoe together because he's like, what? You guys like each other. You should totally get together. <laughs> you know? Then he tries to help out and it makes things worse. Yeah. So one of the one of the one of the other little bits that I remember um from steel. This is a very, this is a very minor thing. It's not even a plot point thing. Nate, he wants to do things that human wants to do. He wants to do things that humans wants to do. Humans want to do like eat ice cream. And Nate says, well, robots don't eat ice cream. Well, I can hold it. Can I? Yeah. I can. And then, and he, and then he proceeds to go, he pretend to lick the ice cream. Mmm, like, that's so good. That is delicious. Just because he wants he wants so desperately to be human. He wants the uh, he wants the experience. Yeah. Yes. He's like, I want to get a pet. I don't know if you can take care of a pet, but I want a pet. All right, fine. Take care of a houseplant for a week. Okay. I will take care of a houseplant for a week. And name I will Sp- call him Spot. And then he's carrying this potted plant with him everywhere. Gets into fights with the bad guys while trying to juggle spot the plant. (laughs) And then spot the plant finally just takes a tumble and shatters. He's like, no spot. (laughs) But the the thing is, he actually gets a puppy at the end of that episode. And then Um, gives it away to a little kid. And then gives it away. 
and then gives it away. Yeah. Gives it away to a little girl. It's cute. Yeah. Stop it, Steel. Now, do we want do we want to talk about the end of Steel's story? Um, in a minute, but I want to just point out something too about that basketball episode because I keep going back to it because it's hilarious. At the end of that episode, they finally do get to play basketball with each other, and Steel says, I'm gonna teach you my special move. <laughs> and <laughs> Nate has the ball. He's doing really terrible, but he's doing really terrible. He's double dribbling like a noob. (laughs) Yeah. He's double dribbling. He's doing all the things. Trust me. I'm no, I I am no basketball expert, but I grew up in Indiana. We all know a little bit about how to play basketball. Right, 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 right. (laughs) So, so Nate says, try my special. It's time for my special move. And the special move is essentially he picks up Nate and dunks Nate into the net, not just the basketball. Yeah. And then Nate's like, two points. And and then so it looks at Devin's like, they know that you can't do that. And, you know, they lost. Right. And he's like, and Nate, Devin's just, like, just let them have fun. <laughs> it's well, it's like they do know they're like 30 points behind. Right? Yeah, that's what it was. And he's like, just yeah. let them have fun. <laughs> So, I mean, uh, that was a cute, that was a cute episode, but anyway, back to the more serious parts. Yeah. Which will, which play, we'll unpack it a little bit more in the thematics. I think that's the best place to do it, but it gets a little bit weird because there is a little bit of a shift with Steele's focus and how people perceive him. Cause it seems like the show goes a little bit from, you know, even though he's not, entirely human you know he's part robot well you know quote-unquote half human half robot but he looks like a robot and then it goes from just treating him like he's human to him actually wanting to be entirely human physically and otherwise right and i'm like okay i guess i can kind of go along with that and then evox because he's a bastard he kills Steel. Spoiler warning! Steel dies! <laughs> In the penultimate episode, he dies heroically trying to help the team when Evox is enacting his final plan. And then he magically gets turned into a human, hence why I mentioned the actor who played him as a quote-unquote human at the end. I'm still not entirely sure how to feel about that. I am. I I think I told you this. I'm pretty sure I told you this, but I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit more accepting of how this was handled instead of something like Jim and Gemma, which I think, you know, say what you want to say. I think Jim and Gemma should have stayed dead. I but, think there was a better way to handle this. I get it that maybe you don't want Steel's end to be entirely tragic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't quite fit with fit the tone of this show. Gem and Gemma staying dead would have fit the tone of RPM for yeah. sure. But I don't know if it necessarily would have fit here because he basically tries to use the method that they thought they could be evox with in the final episode he already just stopped it once like it was nothing it was an arrow it was a special arrow because they have a giant crossbow weapon because of course you do 
And then Steel finds the arrow, runs into where Evox is, and then tries to just stab the arrow into him himself. He's able to do that, but Evox says, pa, still doesn't work, and then kills Steel in front of the rest of the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And then he disintegrates, and it looks like his particles go into the Morphin Grid because that's where Evox is, and he's absorbing the energy of the Morphin Grid. Now, what would have been kind of it, what I think they should have done is the, if you want to say this, the soul of steel is able to basically freeze up Evox after in his crazy super duper Megazord mode at the end that makes the, their Megazord look like a toy. Right. Freeze him up so that they can get the finishing blow on him with. Yeah. This because they figured out what they figure out what Evox's weakness is, but you know, it's so Steel helps them to do that. Instead, we get Evox is destroyed, and the Morphin Grid magically just makes him human, resurrects him as a human. No, now I'm like, which, okay, I I guess I get it, but I think it would have had more impact and be, I think, a deeper, more resonant story if you didn't do this. Because but it's because, then I remind myself of, this is Power Rangers. They don't let anybody's death stick, at least if they're Rangers. Right. So at the end of this, at the end of the series, they have a birthday party for Steel because he's been a human for one year. And what I, what you and I thought would be a much more appropriate way to end it is in a year after Steel sacrifices himself and then comes back, freezes, freezes Evox so they can get the finishing blow. And in, in one year's time, they have a memorial service and Devin, you know, being the stoic leader, because we forgot to mention Devin becomes the commander. He takes, yeah. he takes Robbie's mom's place at the end of the show. Yeah. He, he takes over for inter- commander mom. He, beca- he takes over for commander mom. So he becomes the commander of uh, grid battle force and at the end of it, they could have had a, they could have had a, like a really nice memorial service and they could have done a speech and said, you know, steel, although he was half human, he was more human than a lot of us. And then he, you know, he achieved basically saying he achieved his humanity by self-sacrifice. But right. again, this is power Rangers and they don't let anybody die. Well, they don't let Rangers stay dead. They don't let Rangers stay. Or in the case of some of the bad guys, they will kill them repeatedly. Right. Poor Sledge. Anyway, we'll get there. (laughs) Um, See, they don't, they just, and that's, and that's really, that's, that's the part that really kind of pisses me off about Power Rangers because as, as Power Rangers has grown up and evolved and, you can't tell me that kids were not exposed to death at this point. Like I'm right. sure a lot I, of their- just come on. I mean, cause it would have had, it would have had so much impact. It would have had so much, it would have been like the end of star Trek two when they're doing Spock's funeral and captain Kirk ch- chokes up saying that Spock was the most human person he had ever met in his travels or heck, even the admittedly inferior, but still pretty decent funeral that data gets at the end of star trek nemesis because they're like he was data was always trying to be human and he did the most human thing at the end of his life and you know riker's like what was he the first time i met data he was it was on the holodeck and he was whispering a song what song was it and things like that i mean i mean that would have been such a punch to the gut but then yeah 
would have if this show had done that i i wouldn't be waffling as to where i want to play where i want to rank it it would have been like i know exactly where it goes this and a couple of other things just really would have done it this probably would have this this would have been this then would have been the bravest uh, this would have been the bravest season of Power Rangers yet if they would have right, Steel State Day. Right, and I just come on, let character death mean something. This is something a lot of comic book fans have been complaining about with all of these really sensationalistic deaths that have been going on in comics for about 10 or 15 years now. We don't take death seriously in these comic books anymore because we're like, you're just going to undo it in six months. Yeah, and you're just a- you're killing somebody off so that you can drum up some sales for a, a couple of months, and then after the shock of it is worn off, you're just going to resurrect them. It doesn't mean anything. Come on, I mean, and I don't say that because I'm like morbid or because I don't appreciate when they've done stuff like this before in Power Rangers. I mean, you and I were talking about this. It's I'm will. Even though I think it narratively would have been better, I'm willing to let it slide in uh, in Lost Galaxy because they were doing that as a tribute to the actress because she had to leave suddenly because of leukemia. She beat the leukemia. So they brought her back in to make a cameo at the end of the show. Fine. Right. I will give you that. Maybe, narr- again, narratively might have been better if she didn't come back, but I get it. Uh, and then Alex in the first episode of Time Force, like the first episode, somebody just dies. All right. Yeah. That makes narrative sense in terms of the story because time travel shenanigans and all that sort of stuff. I get it. And it and it really amplified the drama toward the end of Time Force. Fine. I'll let that one slide. But other than that, I can't think of any other instance I think those are the only other times they've killed Rangers, well, isn't it? That Gem and Gemma. Gemma. Well, Gemma and Gemma. Gemma Gemma, Gemma Gemma, that was a little inexcusable. They should have stayed dead because yeah. RPM is the kind of show where they could have done that and it would have it, it would have worked. Because so that one I am that one. That's the one where I know like, that was a mistake. I love RPM to death, but that was one of its mistakes. One of its few mistakes, I will say, especially if they assumed that RPM was going to be the last one. They should have Jim and Gemma should have just stayed dead. Right. For as ballsy a season as RPM was that they didn't do that. I mean, come on. <laughs> but so I so I, I, that frustrates me a little bit because in good Lord. Steel is Steel's arguably my favorite character in this show if you really want to show how serious you are and you really want to hit the audience hard, you, you kill steel off, but let him have one last moment of heroism at the end. That would have been great. And I do think that this is one of a couple of things that I do think muddies the thematics a little bit of the show. Well, it, it, it like I was I was gonna say just a minute ago, it does muddy the thematics because if you think about and not the foreshadow, I don't want to foreshadow the thematics too much. Although, listener with attitude, you probably know where we're going. Death is part of the human experience, and I really, I, I sincerely think that Steel, as much as I love Steel, Steel should have stayed dead. Right. 
And I'm going to say this right now. There are other so-called kid shows where they let death stick. Right. Now, does did every one of these characters get, you know, this big it was it a big to do when they died? Not always, but they let death stick. Yeah. They let it mean something. They were not and this is going to sound insulting. They were not coddling these uh, the audience. Mm. They let it have some impact. <sighs> Come on, we tell kids stories all the time where death is a component. We told yeah. we tell kids fairy tales where death is a component. I don't understand this aversion that there is in children's television. Or really just children's it's really just children's television is where I see it a lot. There's kids' movies where there's death. Right. You know, it's just I don't know. It I don't want I'm gonna get off the soapbox. I'm just saying I think that was it was a misstep to do that. It was. Yeah. And I understand because you're like, but kids love steel. I'm like, that's why it would have had impact. Yeah. I'm telling you right here, I know this sounds weird. I'm telling you, I wanted you to kill my favorite character from the show. Because <laughs> if you're gonna make the decision to have that happen to Steel, let it mean something. Because when it happens, and this is the last thing I'll say about it before we move on, when it happens, it is really a gut punch. It is a gut punch. Yeah, you, when you and I were doing a Netflix party watching us, I literally wrote in all caps, "The Evox, you bastard!" Because <laughs> it's it it really does feel like the. We've talked about how childlike Steel is. It's like he murdered a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, Evox very much solidified his threat level there, let's just say. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to briefly mention this because we think this was a cool thing that the show did. But we have a, I don't know if it would be polite to say unofficial. Sixth Ranger here? What do you think? I think the appropriate word is more honorary. honorary I think he is okay. the he's the he he's the honorary sixth ranger. Yeah, the honorary sixth ranger. It's he's orange. His name is Tyler Rinker. He's a make-a-wish kid who mm-hmm. wanted to be an orange power ranger. So make-a-wish got a hold of the filmmakers. And they made him a little Orange Ranger costume in the style of Beast Morphers, brought him on set and everything. So he got to be a Power Ranger. And, and I think it's really, just really cool. That's a Yeah, that's a really awesome thing for them to do. Mm-hmm. And then Boom Studios went a step further with it. And they, I guess you could say they canonized him because <laughs> mm-hmm. he was on the cover of one of their comic books. That is a that is a really kind thing for them to do. Right. And we felt that we should at least acknowledge that. Yeah. So thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. Next up, we're getting into some ally territory because we got some friends for our Rangers to talk about. Should we talk about the beast bots <laughs> first or should we go with? Yeah, let's. Uh, or, yeah, should we, or should we go I, with uh, Space Sheriff Gavin? I mean, Captain Chaku. <laughs> let, okay. Okay. Let's. For the sake of time, because I know we're going to park on the beast bots for a few minutes, let's go ahead and just and get through uh, uh, Captain Chaku. First. Captain Chaku, played by Jack Buchanan, 
funny enough, he was supposed to have a hero name, and it's a hero name that would have connected him to Ranger history, because this is in that stretch of about five episodes mm-hmm. where Beast Morphers did a better job of using nostalgia bits than the entirety of Megaforce. Yep, sure did. <laughs> yeah. So, Captain Chaku, or as I jokingly say, Space Sheriff Gavin. This show canonized an adaptation of the first metal hero. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, and for those who do don't it. know, Metal Heroes was another franchise. Well, we talked about it within the, in the Ninja Steel episode, so I don't need to explain it again. But Gavin is the first metal hero mm-hmm. now gavin appeared in go busters so they're using sentai footage and adapting that they got the suit so he so you know they're adapting him here he was supposed to be called the silver centurion and would have been connected to the blue centurion one of the only things from turbo that i will talk about <laughs> and i just i'm sitting here thinking Someone please, please make me a fan film or something. Or Hasbro, make like a short buddy cop movie with Captain Chaku and the Blue Centurion. It would be, and call it the Centurions. It would be amazing. I want this now. (laughs) This would be so cool. All right. Have like the two of them, you know, going after some notorious space criminal or something. Heck, if you really want to get nuts. Here, I'll make you happy, Michael. How about this? How about this? It'll be like early career Captain Chaku. And the two of them are chasing after Diva Tox Because she like robbed a space bank or something. Right. Anyway, moving on. Um. <laughs> Captain Chaku is a really interesting character because yeah. you're right. It is the, he was he he is it's the suit used for the very first metal hero, uh, Space Sheriff Gavin. And when we and we're introduced to also Captain his name Chaku, is a Space Sheriff Gavin reference. Oh, that's right. Uh, what yeah. was the reference you told you told me earlier? Yeah, because uh, Gavin's transformation the, uh, command is Jochaku, and he's Captain Chaku. Okay, so, so but, we are in. Good. I was just gonna say, what makes Captain Chaku really fun, other than the Gavin connection, mm-hmm. is excuse me, is unlike with Skyfire Sheriff Skyfire, which Sheriff Skyfire was cool and all that, but all he, but he was just a cool character who showed up and did cool things. All right, nothing against mm-hmm. that. They gave Captain Chaku some weight. He had an arc. Mm. He, as weird as it is, in a, in a kind of an oblique way, he reminds me of Mando from The Mandalorian. <laughs> it was a little, when we were introduced to him, it was a little bit like, um, it was one of the, like, uh, the, the, the classic story trope of mistaken identity. Not so much mistaken identity, but basically we find out that He's here chasing a criminal who becomes our monster of the week. 
that week. Ryjacks. Ryjack, yeah. So it's an actual alien as opposed to the robots that the ra- these rangers have been fighting. And he helps the rangers out trying to get Ryjack, but then Nate is going to see him, goes to his quarters, and, and well, our comic relief characters discover that he has Audrey 3. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he has an Audrey three, but he has an Audrey three <laughs> little shop of horrors people, <laughs> but he calls his daughter. He has a little daughter. Her name is starlight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, starlight. Someone's going to name their kid starlight. Aren't they? That's a, that's about as starlight. hippie a name. That's about as hippie a name as you can get. <laughs> starlight star bright. I don't know the rest of it. First star I see tonight. I wish I may. I wish I might have the wish I wish tonight. Watch more Disney. (laughs) And that wish is to have his daughter, to be with his daughter, to be with his daughter. But he became a cop and he had to, in order to serve as a police, as a galactic police officer and do and perform for the greater good, which is the title of the episode. He got cybernetic implants. Now, his daughter doesn't know that he wears his helmet all the time because his daughter says, Daddy, can you take your helmet off? He's like, nope, I'm on duty. I can't do that. Mm. But he takes it off and shows Nate, and we see that you know he's got all these implants on the side of his face. He looks a little bit like Rancic, actually. And he says, I can't go home and let my daughter see me like this because I'm less of the father, the less of the man that she used to know right so whether or not that's true uh, that's factually true is irrelevant it's the fact that that's how he sees things that it's an internal conflict there Mm -hmm. and i find that really interesting so there's this there's a you know there's a personal turmoil that he's dealing with so like i said he's a guest character who's given more weight which is why I have a little bit of an issue with how that resolves. Now, here's the thing. The way that this gets resolved is Nate uses some of his tech to basically fix Chaku, makes him fully human again, (laughs) removes the cybernetic implants and regenerates the body parts that they had replaced. So he can go back to see. So he basically he has no excuse to not go home and see his daughter because he was just going to stay at Grid Battle Force. He's going to retire from the Galactic Police Department and then stay with Grid Battle Force. It's like, nope, now you, you can't do that. We can make you human. You can go home. Which is a fine thing to do. However, I think just like we were talking about with Steel, there would have it would have been a more impactful story. If they convinced him, hey, just because you're a cyborg doesn't mean you're not human. Mm-hmm. Go home to your daughter and she will still love you because you're her father. Right. The because this was the- something that he chose to do right. in the line of duty. It was something he chose. I would have felt differently if this was a case of... I don't know. I was chasing Ryjack. I was chasing a criminal and I was horribly injured. And then mm-hmm. to save my life, 
they ma- uh, I was made into a cyborg, and now I can't right. show myself to my daughter. Right. In that because case, in because that case, pain, I would be there, more forgiving. Because there's pain attached to that. Right. In that case, I would have been more forgiving. I still think it would have been powerful if he went home and she still loved him, despite uh-huh. that. But I would have been more accepting, considering that this is something he chose to do, and then they just fix it for him. It's it's it just feels too clean and easy and a little bit short-sighted and again kind of muddies the thematics a little bit wouldn't it be more but you're right wouldn't it wouldn't it have been more impactful if we're sh- if the if we the audience are shown that like the, the, the because children children are incredibly accepting you like you look at young children now like young children don't see race they don't see uh, uh, they don't see like uh, uh, societal status. They just see a playmate. They see a friend. So the, you know, that, that childlike acceptance would have been a much better way to handle this. I, I'm personally with you. I get why they gave him a new body. It's nice. It's sweet. I honestly thought that when they brought him to the command, when they brought him into the chamber that they had teleported his daughter there. Right. I would have also been very accepting of that if they would have said, if they would have said they, they teleported starlight into their, com- right. into the, into grid battle force. And they realized, uh, and they had like a little moment where I'm still going to love, like, I don't care, daddy. I still oh love my gosh. you. How, how powerful would it have been if they took him in there, beamed her in? It's like, we brought your daughter to you. And then mm-hmm. she walked over. She's like, "Daddy, Daddy, I miss you so much." And he's like, "Oh, hi, Starlight." And then he's like, "Can I see your face?" And then he, reluct, very reluctantly, takes it off. And she looks at it. Maybe she even is a little bit surprised or whatever. But then she's like, "You know, I still love you, Daddy." Gives him a hug. I'm like, and, "Oh my just, gosh, nice or just the sim- heart right there." Okay. <laughs> or just simply, or just that she could have not even acknowledged it. Like yeah. he's trep, he's he's trepidatious about it, but she just instantly says, "I've missed you, Dad," and then yeah. that's it. Yeah, like that's it's just it. like, oh, dang! It's like you had an opportunity, Power Rangers. You <laughs> might have made me cry at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then they could, and then this is how they could have written it. They could have had that scene. And if they wanted to put a lampshade on it, sure. Like, okay, so thank you, you know, thank you, Captain Chaku, for helping us out. So we want to do something special for you. Let's 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 fix those. Let's let's turn you completely human, and then send you home. Okay, and yo, they could have had their cake and eat it too. Maybe they but could I have think had that, their. That would have. Right. I still think that would have lessened it for me. Eh, I mean, it's but you get both. But you get the best of both worlds. You get the acceptance of his daughter. For the way he looks, yeah, you but- get you get him coming to terms with it, and then you have Grid Battle Force doing the doing the thing that they do, and they and trying to help him out to give him that gift. That that is I get that it. Is the way you could I get it. it, but you know what? Ha- but they you've done by doing this, you can't have Chaku come back, which is too bad. We could have had more Power Ranger Space Sheriff Gavin. Anyway, beast bots. <laughs> the beast bots are endearing. They really are. They were, if Steel just wasn't so good, I think 
the beast butts might have stolen the show even more. So these are these robot companions that our core three rangers have. They are themed toward their respective animals and help with the with their quote unquote beast to X armor power ups and with their Zord operations. Mm-hmm. So we have Cruz, voiced by our favorite one of our favorite the, Ranger actors, the, Kelson Henderson. The, the great Kelson Henderson. Now I will say Cruz Cruz is the least Kelson Henderson y character that we've seen so far. Eh, maybe maybe we don't really get honestly we don't get a ton of we get we don't get a ton of crews until season two like later on into season two kind of does ton. get a focus episode which is kind of interesting actually all the b spots get a focus episode but it seems as though the show the seems that the show is more focused on smash and then poor Jax is just kind of hanging out there like what ha- what about me guys you know <laughs> He does have a really funny line in one of his episodes, though. <laughs> what about me? Like, he's got this, uh, he's got this, like, kind of shop, like, uh, Chicago accent a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, but yeah, but the other ones are Smash, who's a, well, Cruz is not, he's called a B-Spot, but he doesn't really, he looks kind of like a cheetah, but not really. He He's bipedal, and he's a Transformer. Right. He turns into a motorcycle, because. <laughs> and then he you has- have Smash, who's a blue gorilla. Voiced by Charlie McDermott. <laughs> he talks like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then oh, you yeah. have Jax, the yellow rabbit, voiced by Emmett Skilton. So to kind of talk about them individually, Cruz reminds me a little bit of C-3PO. Not, a little bit. And then, and not, then Jax but is... But more in just kind of like he's a little bit neurotic. And he's used to not necessarily being in combat. We find that he's a crack shot, which was part mm-hmm. of his focus episode. So, he, and they're each best friends with the each of the Rangers. So then Devin's like, "We need to have Cruz in combat because he's because he you know, he's got really good accuracy." And like, but he hasn't had combat training. He's like, "No, but we should use him." And then they try to use him, and it doesn't go very well. And then. You know, and then you know they learn how to, you know, what's the best thing, way to utilize each of the B spots. And then Smash is kind of the the lovable lug out of all of them. <laughs> so if okay, so let me ask you this: if Cruz is if Cruz is C three PO, Smash is Chewbacca. We'll we'll say Smash Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Yeah, Chewbacca. Let's say Jax is R two D two B two B two D two. R2-D2! Well, B2-D2, because he's a bunny. Oh, okay. You made the, the, the you made the nerd in me a little angry for a second. It's, B2, it's B2-D2, not R2-D2. <laughs> well, there's BBA, but that's because he's a beach ball. <laughs> but anyway, yes, the, the B-spots, the B-spots, just much yeah. like Steel, the B-spots in lesser hands would have been very insufferable. Yeah, I'm so, potentially. But Kelson Henderson, we've learned Kelson Henderson can elevate any character he plays, even Norg, even Norg, or uh, or Flit. Yeah, but Flit's actually a good character. True. Right. Well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. 
sir. You saying that you saying that Norg is not a good character? Yes. Why must you wound me? Anyway, <clears throat> because it's overdrive. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> eh, well, it's fine. Anyway, the yeah, the B spots. I like the B spots. Yeah. I when, oh, it, when we're first in. Yeah, but you were saying introduced- like a Jax. He's got a little bit of the Chicago accent. He's got a little, got a little bit, bit of, an of the attitude. Chicago accent. He's, he's got a little bit of an attitude. He's got a little bit of a smart ass, you know, smart yeah. ass demeanor, you know, a little yeah. bit. But uh, he also gets really, but he also gets his feelings hurt because, it, <clears throat> because Zoe didn't like him for an episode. He's like, but your tablet's right here. I wasn't lying. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked that episode. That that was it was early on in season one, and the B spots are trying to plan and throw to and throw the Rangers a th- a surprise thank you party. But, but while they're trying to keep the secret, the Rangers start getting angry with them, and Zoe gets mad at Jax because she's like, "Where's my tablet? You lost my tablet." And he's like, I didn't lose your tablet. It's right here. <laughs> and she was saying mean things about him and stuff like that. And it actually, it, it made, it upset me. I felt sorry for the poor bunny bot. I did. I, I felt terrible for him. Because uh, they were just trying to, they were trying to do something nice. And like, and come on. If you're doing what the, what the Rangers are doing and throwing and not throwing, but you're you're putting your your life on the line all the time, and you have colleagues who are you know being the support for you, and they want to thank you for your service. Maybe it's the mil- you know the military family kid in me coming out. Mm-hmm. I, I felt I that was just so endearing to me, and it was. I, so I was one hundred and ten percent on Jack's side at that point. Would you is Cruz your favorite? Is Cruz fa- your favorite B spot, or is it Smash? Mine is Smash. Uh, I like all of them. I think I'm. I think Kelson Henderson kind of moves Cruz into first place for me, but barely. And I do really like Jax too. Mm. Yeah, I but, like. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but Smash is fun because he. Although he does get manhandled a little bit by by, uh, by Ravi because Ravi tries to reprogram him to forget that he saw him doing his uh, doing some painting and then he screws it up and instead smashes like I have to paint a mural I have to paint all the time I I I suddenly have the urge to paint uh, yeah. Like, and then, get, then and we get the lovable lug again. It's just, that's yes. why crew, that's why Smash works as well as he does. He's the lovable lug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although here's that line from Jax that I just found: uh, the monster of the week, who's train themed, so his name is Railtron. He calls he calls Jax a worthless little rabbit, and <laughs> Jack, this is where the Chicago X, uh, the Chicago attitude comes out. And he says, worthless I can take, but no one calls me little. <laughs> so as usual, the smallest one has the most attitude. <laughs> Actually, that's very true because the biggest one has the least amount of attitude. So they get a really nice focus. They get the B spots get a really nice focus episode 
in the Christmas special of all things. Yeah. Um, where, where, the where range, they're where like, the, we want to spend, we want to go with the Rangers and they see them in their, uh, we want to spend Christmas with the Rangers, but they're going to go see their families. And then, Oh, let's talk about what, let's talk about what we love about the Rangers because clip show. Yeah. Aren't we their families too? You know, it's, and then they, and then, then the Rangers end up getting captured and turned into ornaments. It's very mighty Morphin, very, very silly. And Santa um, Claus shows up because Santa Claus and, is friends with all power Rangers. Yeah. Santa Claus is the friend of all power Rangers and <laughs> the beat. Wait, 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 wait. So Gamera is the friend to all children and Santa Claus is the friend to all power Rangers. Yes. Shouldn't that be uh, reversed? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so the beast bots are the, actually the ones that end up defeating the monster of the week, who was just a rehashing of another monster of the week because it clip show anyway. Uh, um, yeah, but, but yeah. they, but they had to run the Zords without the Rangers and they were nervous about doing that. So they get to be the mm-hmm. big dang heroes for an episode. Yep. It's true. And then at the end of that episode, they, the Rangers decided to stay because again, the beast bots are family too. Yep. Because they, it just gets to the point where they just treat all of them like they're people, which mm-hmm. contributes to our thematic discussion. How many times are we gonna like foreshadow and telegraph the, our thematic discussion this episode? Take a shot every time we <laughs> we hint at the thematic discussion, people. How a drunk are you of, right now? A shot of hot sauce because we do not encourage under a we don't encourage people to drink unless they're of age just saying true but you know if it's our friend jamie from scotland he's probably got so high of a tolerance he's not drunk yet oh he's he was he probably started drinking out immediately like his his baby bottle was full of whiskey I guarantee. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's scotland probably it's, it's scotland yeah all right <laughs> uh do we have anything else on the b spots other than the fact that they are wonderfully endearing characters they they're wonderful they're just wonderful characters and, and very sentai very sentai but they're just wonderful carry characters period and speaking of wonderful characters hey wait, wait one last one la- as much as i do want to talk about the next really wonderful character random question if the lightning collection made the beast bots, would you buy them? Well, considering that, uh, Hasbro's quality control has been lately, probably not, but <laughs> I would consider it. <laughs> Got You had to get your dragon dagger in there, right? Blue streak. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> <laughs> What the heck? Uh, what the is wrong with you, Michael? Just saying. <laughs> I don't know, Nathan. You can go yourself. <laughs> Watch your language, we're just, sir. We're having a good time. <laughs> yes, we ing are. <laughs> Right, how long are we going to do this? Uh, uh, we're done. So wonderful characters. Oh, boys are Dr. K. <laughs> Dr. Who is that? Is, are, is she related to, are they related to special K? I tried. 
I tried. I'm sorry. No. Just just no. How dare you turn one of the best characters in, in the franchise into a Soylent Green-style cereal. I will not eat Dr. K. I mean... <sighs> so, we hinted before about how this becomes a sequel to RPM. Right. <sighs> Did we talk about why she's here? Or do we save that for the villains? I don't know. I don't feel like, man, I just don't know if we can talk. I don't know if we can talk about it without, we can't necessarily talk about why she's here without talking about the reason why she's here. You know what I mean? Right. Now, how about this? Let's talk about her cameo in an earlier episode. Then we'll talk about when she makes the full fledged guest appearance. Okay, fine. We'll do that. So, like we said, this show makes very smart use of nostalgia bits it ta- mm. and ha- and taking advantage of the Power Rangers mythos and lore and universe. I mean, the fact that the setup is using the Morphin Grid to make clean energy, mm-hmm. that already is utilizing this universe. We've been, you know, there's been all this talk about the Morphin Grid. So, <laughs> yeah, before, and now we're taking advantage of what that actually is and trying to expand on it. So, because we find out that Evox has taken over the body of the mayor, creating some tension, <laughs> to say the least, in the ranks, someone says, hey, get a hold of Dr. K. She might. She dealt with with a Power Ranger who went through the same thing. Oh, Dylan, is that is that what we're talking about here? So, and then they show a picture of her with the RPM Rangers, which made me happy. And then Devin gets a hold of her and talks to her on a video conference, and she says, "Well, sounds like what you're dealing with is similar, but not really what I dealt with. So I don't think I can help you, but." Go find these nostalgia bits that you can use. And by nostalgia, I mean stuff that was just a couple years old. <laughs> right. So the, they use the... The, dino, the, 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 the inner gems? No. No, the split emitters. The split emitters, yeah, yeah. That they the use split for Z-Wing. Yeah, yeah. So she says, go use those, which they do. So, yay. But then she shows up again later... For a full-fledged appearance because other nostalgia bits. Which that episode, we're being very coy, but that episode also had one of my favorite interactions with our comedic characters, Ben, Ben and Betty. Ben and Betty Burke. Um, Which we will get to momentarily. Right, we will. But I see you have one of my- I see you have altered the notes. Yes. So we're talking about Austin St. John played by Jason Lee Scott. Yes. Did you not pick up on how wrong that was? I just now did. Oops. Would anyone be interested in auditioning to be my new co-host on the power trip? (laughs) 
send your your audition audio and videos to powertrippod at gmail.com. <laughs> because I think we may have hired a fake fan. <laughs> yes. Because I am not uh, familiar with either this character or this actor. <laughs> I'm a wee bit confused. It's right. It's, you know, although this could be a situation that's, you know, it's a little bit similar to the, uh, to, you know, the former villainous on the, po- uh, on the Power Rangers, uh, Melody Perkins played by Carone. Uh, it was a weird, it's a weird that we have an actress who just goes by one name. You know, it's kind of like Becky G or Cher or something along those lines. I mean, it's, it's a little odd, but, you know, I can work with it, you know. Right. It's yeah. Uh, you know, the villain, Robert Axelrod played by Lord Zed is. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, Lord Zed's a weird actor. I, I've never understood that, a, that. I can't. I, I mean, he's given some pretty impressive performances. I really thought he should have gotten an Emmy at some point. Maybe know. he really was. Maybe maybe he just didn't think highly of himself. Maybe he actually was a lord. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I mean, it could be like, you know, that established titles you know, a organization to keep seeing advertised all the time on YouTube. You know, he bought himself a little plot of land and so he could be a Lord, you know, he owns a little piece of Scotland. <laughs> how, how long are you going to, how long are you going to keep this up? Before? I don't know because I think some of it you could legitimately keep. <laughs> uh, how long, yeah. I was trying, I was, I was trying to figure out how far we wanted to go with this before it actually goes into territory. I'm going to have to cut out. Um, <laughs> But yes, I made a mistake in the notes. Damn it! I'm, I wrote Austin St. John as the character name, and Jason Lee Scott as the actor's name. I'm sorry, I screwed it up. I'm a fake fan. You've heard it here first. Um, go pluck yourself. Jason David Frank played by Tommy Oliver. <laughs> go pluck yourself, Marchand. <laughs> so, so, so we have we have uh, some more nostalgia bits. We have the returning uh, Jason Lee Scott played by Austin St. John. Uh, the original red ranger in grid connection yes so uh, the I figured, which was the sec uh, which was the second crossover yes because we did talk about doctor crossover with dino charge which is which makes sense given the sentai footage but is also kind mm-hmm. of hilarious because it's normally the Rangers team up with the previous season's Rangers. Mm-hmm. But it's like Ninja Steel, are you nuts? <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't talk about Ninja Steel, which is probably why at the time of this recording it's not out yet. <laughs> uh. But given the fact that Go Busters was the Sentai before Kyuryuger, they had Sentai footage of, I'm guessing, Kyuryuger teaming up with GoBusters. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you because I think I sent you a link to something. It was a movie. Uh, it was a movie with Kyuryuger 
and go busters. So I'm wondering if they're not taking the footage from that movie. From it that would make sense. Movie. It would make sense. So they had a team up with Dino Charge, which was fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then they're like, oh, did you like that? How about we up the ante? Yes. We're going to do a four team team up. Right. With all of the dinosaur themed Rangers. Yep. Except for Beast Morphers. Yeah, Beast but, Morphers but, and- but all but the three at the time, the three dinosaur teams show up. So we had Mighty Morphin. Now it's the core teams. FYI. It's not the six Rangers. It's not yeah. the six Rangers. So we had the core five Mighty Morphin, the core three Dino Thunder, because obviously we can't have Tommy on both teams. <laughs> and we had the weird to say this the core six dino charge because we did have ivan Mm -hmm. it's technically a six ranger but dino charge at 10 let me and (laughs) and let me just say this let me just say this considering that this has been what eight what we say eight years since since dino since dino charge it's been about eight years six eight years dude today no no since like between dino charge and beast morphers it's been oh no two years well, three no. at that point. No, well, I guess it depends on how how whatever it depends on how you had Ninja Steel it. in the middle, <clears throat> right? It just, it just depends on how you're divide. Yeah, you're right. So it depends on maybe potentially four years. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Whatever we've had, um, we've had this time span, and I'm really happy that they kept up with the um, the shtick with Ivan that he's uh, he speaks with an elevated tone <laughs> when he's talking. Um, I'm really, I'm really happy they kept up with that shtick. Yes, I agree. In fact, I think I wrote that. I'm checking. Did I write down? Yeah, I did write down an Ivan line. They could have easily, they could have easily. Oh no, I wrote, I wrote down two Ivan lines from those episodes. They could have easily ditched it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And just hope we didn't notice. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down, uh, this is Coda and Ivan and Coda says, we destroyed you twice. And then Ivan says, third time's the charm, my scruffy caveman friend. <laughs> I do like, I missed Ivan. Anyway. Yeah. And then the other one oh. was, he says, robot vanquished. <laughs> anyway, moving back to the crossover episode. Yeah. So everything starts getting crazy. And basically we find out that, Evox has resurrected Goldar. Oh boy. We'll talk about Goldar. We'll talk about Goldar. And then we find out he has his own ridiculously crazy Zord called the Chimera Zord. And this gets so crazy that the grid basically sends out a distress signal to all the other Rangers. And who should respond but the OG Red Ranger himself. Yes. And I'm sure you and Jackwell, me too. All of us were very happy. It was good. It was good to see Austin St. John back. It really, it really was. We hadn't seen him since Zio. Yeah. He hadn't, no, Wild or Force. No, well, Turbo. Turbo. Wild oh, Force. Oh, yeah. Wild Force. Wild Force. Well, I forget about Wild Forever Force. Forever Red. I, I always forget about Wild Like I don't like talking about Wild Force. Anyway, um, <laughs> we hadn't seen it. We spend a lot of time talking about things we don't talk about. 
Right, which is true. Um, but yeah, you're right. Wild Force. I forgot all about Forever Red for, for a hot second. But yeah, we haven't seen him since way early in the Disney era. And it was good to see it was good to see Austin St. John back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it 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 felt meaningful because it made sense if you're gonna you know bring in some past Rangers. Like I said, this did Megaforce better in five episodes than all of Megaforce. Right. Because yeah. all the nostalgia bits were either some subtle fan service or they use them. So here's Jason mm. who shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm going to help you out. <laughs> and it and it also serves. And he as gets a good to do cool to, things like and it also di- like flip the dino coin, uh, the power coin and then catch it and say the thing. <laughs> and he said the thing. It's morphin time. But, you know, it, it also helps expand it also like it helps expand the world like that there's more to this world than just our than just the the, than just the team that we're dealing with like it Mm -hmm. it, like like we like you said beast morphers did an infinitely better job of expanding on and paying tribute to the lore than the actual 25th anniversary season megaforce right right and then some other crazy things happen at the end of that crossover that we'll talk about in the awards. Anyway, we'll talk about later. Yeah. We need to move on a little bit because we're going long. <laughs> we are. We're going to, we'll, anyway, we'll, we, and we have we'll a lot of supporting through. cast and villains. We'll zoom through these. It's fine. Yeah. So supporting cast commander Shaw. I mean, commander mom. I mean, commander Shaw play by Tuila Blakely. Mm. This is Ravi's mom. I, she's a good character. I really like her. And she she's a good foil for our character. She's probably the closest thing to a mentor character in the show. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. But she's more of a, you know, we've seen characters like this before, like uh, Wild Force with the commander of, of Terra Venture. I'm trying to think there's got to be some other examples where we've just had these high ranking military officials that tell the Rangers what to do, give them their missions and things like that. And, you know, she has some meaningful interactions with Ravi at some points with him wanting to be an artist and all that. She learns to accept his passions, which is nice. Mm -hmm. And she relaxes on her rule about not letting rangers date rangers so she has a little bit of a growth arc as well throughout she the does. whole thing so as a supporting character she's pretty effective yeah, I, I do agree. wonder sometimes if maybe the character had originally been written to be a man though seems a li- uh, she if she's a i don't normally see mothers who maybe it's just my own personal experience i just don't usually expect mothers to be as stringent as she is with things like no art I mean, and she, no relationships. I mean, if she's if she's a single mom and she's focused on her career, I guess. I mean, she's a career. Uh, she's career. And uh, she is a military woman. Re- I guess that. Yeah. That would you make. Know, I guess that makes a little bit more sense with her being a military woman. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, I don't think I don't personally think that she was meant to be written as a man. I think she was be. I think she was meant to be just written as a very strict commander slash mom. Right. Right. And t- and those two th- and those two things bleed over into yeah. each other. Now, the thing that I will say that the a lot of the supporting cast does is they help to facilitate a lot of the interpersonal drama 
as we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, they do. Yeah. You know, I, so unless you've got some more to add, we can move on to the mayor. Yeah, let's move on uh, to Mayor Adam Daniels, played by Kevin Copeland, who kind of reminded me a little bit of the guy who played Candyman. So he kind of looks like to me, but <laughs> which one? Uh, the original actor. That okay. His the 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 names the his name's escaping me. The original actor. Okay. <clears throat> Mayor Candyman. Well, I mean, he did get to be a bad guy for a while. Yeah, that's yeah. So he we've talked a little bit about the mayor when we were talking about Devin. So he's Devin's dad. He expects a lot out of Devin. Uh, but he's also building this uh, global Morphex network around the world mm-hmm. after he's reelected as mayor. And turns out, like, we'll talk about this a little bit uh, when we talk about um, the villains. Uh, when we talk about the villains, but we have sort of a Jekyll and Hyde type situation going on again. A little bit, a little bit, mayor which creates yeah. some very nice dramatic tension there for a while. Mm-hmm. He does. Let's just say it's, our villain takes advantage of it and it's kind of diabolical. And, oh God, that is, that's heart wrenching. Anyway, I personally, going back to the commander, back to commander Shaw, just for a hot second. I honestly, when that revelation came, I honestly thought she was in on it. I did. Oh, I really? Thought it was a just, I thought she was, a, I thought it was just a big conspiracy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You have so little faith in commander mom. I mean, it's how I probably would have written it. But anyway, moving on to General Burke, played by Mark Wright. Who is the father, the bumbling, uh, the bumbling father of Ben and Betty, who we'll talk about here in a second. Yeah. He's a little bit of a goofball and is a little bit absent-minded. I'm a little Mm. astonished that he got into the military. And he's achieved as high a rank as he has. <laughs> but maybe that's the joke. <laughs> Serendipitous is what I call it. Sure, sure. He's only in a handful of episodes. And he's, like his kids, he's kind of played for laughs. Yeah, he's. he's I'd say he's fairly in, in, inconsequential, honestly. A little bit. I mean, I'm glad he's there. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he's part, his character is part of the world building. You know, he gets to be a part of the I'm a ranger, too, moment at the end. Yeah, we'll get I that. honestly thought for a hot second he might have been played by the same guy as Birdie <laughs> from SPD. Oh, that that would have been fun. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not. I checked. It's not the same guy. No, but Mark well, Wright's do- played a lot of characters in Power Rangers, so. Mm-hmm. Mostly as a voice actor, but yeah. So now we do need to talk about our comic relief characters. Our bulk and skull, sort of, of Beast Morphers. And good lord, coming off of They Who Shall Not Be Named, except in this Ninja Steel episode. But guess what, guys? We're still the podcast tag team champions. I I like Ben. I I like Ben and Betty Burke, played by... uh, Cosme, Cos, Cosme, Cosme, Cosme. I think it's Cos. I think it's Cosme. I think it's Cosme. Cosme Glores and Christina Ho. Yeah, um, they're brother and sister. Uh, they're brother security and guards working mm-hmm. at Grid Battle Force. Yep, and they are 
Yeah, like I said, they're basically Bulk and Skull, but they're not bullies. Right. Right. So, And they have one of the best interactions with Dr. K. Because <laughs> she says, I need you to get me a very important fuel source. Get me sucralose and this, 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 and this. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll go. We'll go to the lab and we'll do it. She come, and then they bring it back. And I, I'm like, I already know what it is. I already know what it is. Yeah, but even though you. I knew what the punchline was, it was still funny because then she just picks it up. She drinks. Says, oh, what are you doing? And she's like, it's tea. <laughs> I love tea. I love a good. Like, what is it? She said a good cup of tea always gets me going. Yes. Like, <laughs> like it was great. Now, you are welcome in. You are welcome in my lab anytime, which is kind of hilarious. Now. Yes. They're they're bumbling, they're goofy. It is pratfalls and physical comedy all around. They're kind of dorky, but they're well meaning. <laughs> they all, you know, but there are points where they veer perilously close to they who shall not be named, except in the Ninja Steel episode. Uh, the the what is it the uh the episode where they're going into the into the cyber dimension and betty steps through a little bit too early and she turns into a balloon yeah that's a little goofy yeah well um, but that was there was reality warping stuff involved there so i don't mind but they literally bend and break physics throughout most of their shenanigans mm-hmm. that doesn't happen in the rest of the show so i'm like okay you're getting perilously close to just being in a completely different show what keeps them from, you know, from turning into they who shall, who shall not be named, <laughs> those uh, half-witted challengers to our title, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but is the fact how, that they're actually how? is that they're actually endearing characters played by yes. good actors, and yes. they make meaningful contributions to the story. Yes. yes. <laughs> All of so it, that's yes. why I, that's, that's how I can forgive them. Yes. And that is how I can I, forgive them. Also, Christina Ho proves that the American modeling industry needs to change its parameters because she is a very short woman. That is a joke that they have with Betty in the first episode. She comes out from behind a desk and you realize she is a very short woman. She's five foot nothing maybe at best. But if you go and look at pictures of her online, she's a beautiful woman. Oh, she's gorgeous. Now I think probably, I don't know if this is my favorite moment, but this is the one that I have on my mind right now was the, the bit where Christina is, is latched on. Best, yeah, Betty. Sorry, that Betty is latched on for dear life. (laughs) I do. Yes, I um that Betty is latched on for dear life to a flagpole, and she keeps jumping on the trampoline, or she keeps bouncing on the trampoline. Yeah, but that's not like physics breaking. Now, before that, she like spun around like crazy on it, like a cartoon character. Right, but you know, it's it's fine. Like they're fine. They're fine. I know a lot. I know a few people that we've talked to about, about beast morphers say that they're kind of the least favorite things about beast morphers. And I see that, but you know, compared to they should not, they who should not be named. (laughs) These are Shakespearean actors compared to the fart joke trio or the fart joke duo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, 
Uh, Blaze and Roxy. Blaze and Roxy. Which I put asterisk next to them. We've already kind. We haven't talked about Blaze a whole lot. We talked about Roxy. They're the other cadets. Considering that they are also villains, I think we can save our discussion of them mm-hmm. for the villains because they're 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 pretty closely tied in a lot of ways. So, oh yeah, for sure. So, so let's move into our. So that. let's move into our villains. Let's move so into our villains. Our- so, uh, so. First up, our main villain, Evox. I mean, Vengex, the one immortal me. Plot twist. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, Evox is Vengex because Nate screwed up. Not my, not the Nate on this show. Not, not my. Oh, I was going to say what, sir? <laughs> not, not my, not, not this show's Nate. Not my co-host Nate, but Nate in the show. Nate uh silva screwed up yeah yeah and played by the same voice actor to boot (laughs) andrew lang (laughs) which arguably could have been a foreshadowing (laughs) a little yeah because they did credit him but i don't know i don't know so it's kind of i have to say in a lot of ways this is kind of brilliant because go but Beast Morphers is not terribly different from GoBusters. The setup is very similar. Special fuel source, villains from another dimension who are trying to steal it, Ranger team set up to protect it, that sort of a thing. Eva, interestingly, Evox's Sentai counterpart is named Messiah. <laughs> Ooh, we could we could do so much with that though. Yeah. So the fact here that Evox is a computer virus. Maybe that should have been a little bit of a giveaway as well. I don't know, mm. but he's a computer virus from the cyber dimension. And what I find interesting is that for a while, his goal is not to take over the world, of course, but to just get the heck out of that dimension. That's all he right. wants to do. To, he just wants to get to out to get enough Morphex. And that's, and that's, that's something Morphex is the it. MacGuffin for a lot of is episodes. the MacGuffin. Right. Yeah. He wants the he wants enough Morphex to in the beginning. He just wants enough Morphex so that they can power a machine to make him a new body so that he can travel to the, the real world to the, to our dimension. Right. Right. And then and after, after that, he, it's, Oh, I'm going to take over the morphing grid. Right. So, yeah. We we don't we don't get the immediate I want to conquer the earth or I want to conquer the universe like we would with a cut with with several other villains. We get a very just step by step practical a practical villains. You know, we get practical villains with this. Like the first step one, I need a new I need a body, and the only way to get a body is to get Morphex. So my goal is to get enough Morphex to get a new body. I get and then I'm body. going to leave the cyber dimension. Yes. And then I'll take over the Morphin Grid. Yes. And then I'll take body. over the world. Of course. Of course. With my new beach body. Yeah, yes. And we see him in a couple of Body by Morphex. Form. Body by Morphex. I'm going to have to meme that, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ha ha. <laughs> but th- then Morphex actually does sound like some sort of health supplement. Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> Either that or a cleaning Morphex. solution, one or the other. Uh, Morphex TM. 
<laughs> no, it's already been trademarked. You can't trademark a trademark. Oh, body. I'm sorry. Body by Morphex TM. Sure. Now, I'm trying. I've been mulling this over. I watched the Disney Brain video on this. I Cheater. I knew going in that Evox was Vengex. Mm-hmm. That was spoiled for me. Yeah. You for a minute didn't remember that I hinted at it, which was kind of funny. I was hoping that we could have gone the whole season and they'd be like, what? <laughs> it started to dawn it started to click around that first around that episode where Dr. K gets on the computer uh, on a FaceTime call. No, you were you remembered before then. Because you remembered that then? I hinted at it. In the RPM episode. Well, then I don't remember what set me. I don't remember what. I don't know. I don't remember what rabbit trail I went down then. I don't uh, entirely remember either. We we talked about it, but I don't. Oh, remember. I know what it was. 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 It was the episode where they're going into the vault and we see all those past weapons. And um, and then they they make they make a particular folk. They focus on the uh, on the RPM morphers for a second. And okay. that's what, co- and that's what makes me remember that was a little early on in the season. Okay. I guess, but regardless, you remembered, which was mildly disappointing because I wanted to see your reaction to finding out it was Vengex. <sighs> the reveal is pretty cool because the, they switch voices. Mm-hmm. So it's the the scraggly kind of hissy, snaky, lispy voice for Evox. He talks and like this, evol- and then it evolves into this really big and bomb. Yeah, it goes back to the classic Vengex voice, which is a little weird to hear the Vengex voice coming out of that suit. <laughs> it wasn't as weird coming out of that bearded robot but it is weird coming out of the snake robot yeah because when we first see evox he looks like a computer generated cobra which is actually kind of cool it is you and i were talking about that you know the uh, how snakes are a very primordial fear that humans have particularly cobras because they make themselves look bigger and cobras are all poisonous so they're mm. always deadly creatures. We talked about the Garden of Eden and how they're, you know, that primordial kind of symbolic fear may have could be traced back to that, you know, the serpent in the garden and such. You know, the, uh, you know, man's, you know, man's fall from grace, which we could talk, yeah. which kind of goes into our thematics of being yeah. human, which and human we, flaws. Yeah. You know, which actually just, makes the Sentai counterparts name kind of ironic now. A little bit, yeah. And which okay. which lent, which we were talking about this, that cobras, they look really intimidating. They look like they have a lot of bluster and a lot of intimidation. But the, the thing about cobras are, is they can back it up. Yeah. Yeah. They'll intimidate you first with, by <clears throat> expanding their hood. But if that doesn't work, they will bite you. There's even one species that can spit venom. And they'll make you regret it, basically. So so it's very fitting here. And then when Evox does get a body, it's got a kind of like a big collar, but it's the collar is shaped like a triangle. So it still looks a little bit. You squint a little bit. It still looks a little bit like a cobra. 
mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. His face looks a little bit skull like. So which I wanted to point I wanted to point that out really quick because I feel like <clears throat> I feel like the 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 design for Evox when he's in his uh uh bipedal form, we'll say that looks like he's straddling the line between what is what is what is human and what is digital because mm-hmm. he's got a very digital look to it but that but that face that skull like mm-hmm. that is a that is supposed to emulate a very human skull <clears throat> yeah and for a, a good chunk of season 2 he possesses the body of the mayor he did it in desperation because he was trying to get through a portal that the Rangers were sealing at the end of season one. And he got lucky and managed to get into the mayor, which created mm. some tension and he weaponized it later. Well, first off, he was very dependent on Morphex. He needed to use the Morphex to maintain the form. So that created a little bit of a problem. So he was, <clears throat> there were a couple of episodes where the only goal he had was get me more Morphex so I can maintain the skies. Right. Hence the when, when he cock blocked poor Nate. <laughs> You're used to that, aren't you? Uh, moving on. <laughs> anyway, so Vengex. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could blame Evox, but. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So he weaponized that later because he actually turns back into the mayor and he tries to appeal to Dev. He's like, I'm your dad. Let me go in and get the Morphex. I need it. Ugh. That sort of a thing. And then it turns out that it was all part of a ploy anyway by Devin. They, they weren't fooled at all. And then they use the split emitters to separate the two of them. And all is right with the world for a while. We hold really quick. I want to go back just for a hot second because I was looking on, I just happened to, I was just popping on, um, um, uh, legacy.com. And it says that season one, Vengex, the snake specifically was voiced by Randall Ewing. So just want to throw that out there. I don't know if it was, I want to go back to make sure that the whole thing was voiced by Andrew Lang. I but think it's, it's so. It's the same voice the whole time. Maybe. I don't know, but it, they're reference. They're, they're citing Randall Ewing as the voice actor for season one. Vengex. But anyway, that's neither. I just wanted to Hold throw that out. Hold on. There. Let me look. No, I, the only actor I see listed for Evox slash Vengex is Andrew Lang. Hmm. On the Ranger okay. wiki, anyway. Okay. I mean, we got some contradicting information here, but, well, it's fine. It's neither here nor there. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, uh, well, wait. Let me double check here. Let me see. Evox. Oh, you want to know why? It's because Andrew Lang was credited as Randall Ewing. Oh. Okay. Like, as in, like, a screen name? Yep. Or a pseudonym? Yep. Oh. Okay. But it's okay, so it's So Andrew, we're both so you're wrong and you're right. I'm wrong and I'm right. Okay. All right, just move. All right. I just want to <laughs> I just I, okay, I just want to throw that out there. I just want to throw that out there. I couldn't I was it was throwing me off a little bit, but anyway, continue. Sorry. Well, 
here's the thing that I find interesting. Going back to our, our RPM episode, mm-hmm. we talked about how Vengex was relentless and relied a lot on brute force. That's because mm-hmm. he was just overwhelming everything with sheer yes. numbers and power. Then he started trying to adapt to try mm-hmm. his his offense to accomplish his goal, but he was just hell bent. It's like there's only one human city left, and I have to take it out because it's I must complete it. Here, it's a little bit different. Here, as Evox, he's trying to be more cunning. Which I find fascinating, which might, maybe that was why they used the snake motif for a while. So, you know, he's trying to be a little bit more, he's relying more on subterfuge, deception, manipulation, because he manipulates his minions to get them to do what he wants. He will pit them against each other, he'll manipulate, you know, he'll praise one and not the other, you know. He so he's still got that pragmatic side to him as an AI probably would, mm-hmm. but he's not beyond manipulating the situation to get what he wants. That really wasn't Vengex in RPM. So, do you think that this ver? Do you think this Vengex has learned from his mistake that he can't just brute force his way in? I would say so. Which again goes back to how he would adapt his tactics. I think he looked at his situation and. He's like, okay, I can't just you know, brute force my way it, 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 uh, toward my goals. Mm-hmm. I need minions to help me, and I'm going to make them. Do, which again, he's used to manip- He's used to using mi- minions, uh, you know, in the RPM universe. Yeah, which goes back to a little. Which also goes back to if if the Bible is something you believe in, it goes back to the snake in the garden and how manipulative the snake, aka right. the devil, was in the garden. Right, right. The thing about it, though, this is a point that the Disney brain brought up because he wasn't as big a fan of this revelation. Now, I like it. And we well, before we get to that, we talked, we said that Nate, it's all Nate's fault. Not this Nate, Mr. Silva. The <laughs> <laughs> He's Dr. K 2.0 because and. and you did. They didn't have to explain it, but I do find it interesting that Grid Battle Force has all of these past props <laughs> gear in their possession. I would like to know how the RPM morpher, the suitcase with the RPM morphers, how it got there. That, I'm sure I that's like- a story somebody is fanficed about. But well, that is. I feel like that's also a little bit of a plot hole. Because the last time we saw the R- the last time we saw the cell shift morphers was with Doctor K. In no, they were being put into a suitcase and someone took it away. Oh, sorry, I mi- I misremembered that. Then I misremembered that. I am so sorry. Okay, yeah. they were put into a suitcase and taken away, but we don't know by who. I'm curious how they got there, but it's not really that important. What is important is young Nate was experimenting with those morphers and as we remember from the end of rpm vengex was in one of those morphers he a part of him managed to escape using the morphex and became the cobra avatar Mm -hmm. so his goal this entire time among other things 
has been to get into Grid Battle Force, which in the last episode he manages to achieve. He gets what he wants. And it involves letting the Rangers think that they've won, that they have captured him on a risky mission, by the way. Right. And they get him in the base, and then they basically try to execute him, and he just no-sells the execution, which is not the first time we've seen Evox just no-sell whatever the, the Rangers throw at him. So he just no-sells the execution attempt, jumps into their system, bounces around, gets to the room, and then complete and then download you know, commence the download of all the rest of the programming, and that's when he switches. Yeah. That's when he goes from ah, I am Evox to I am Vendrix. And then we've, and then Nate realizes it's all my fault. It is all my fault. I let Evox into the world. Yeah. Everything that's gone wrong is because I was screwing around and I didn't know what I was doing. And then Zoe and Devin realize that they can't help Nate, but they know someone who can. Mm. So they get Dr. K to show up. And I just, I absolutely love what they do in this episode. Olivia Tennant is, she is killing it as Dr. K. This is Dr. K 10 years later. You can see, and it's all done very subtly in the writing and in her performance. You can tell that she's grown in the 10 years since RPM. She's much more sure of herself. She's much less awkward. And she's got, this experience she created vengex she ended her world basically and she had to wrestle with that we talked about that extensively in the rpm episode and now she can help nate who's in a similar situation this is not quite like the whole astronoma tenaya thing because in this case there's parallelism going on so they can bring the character, the character who did it first, here to make a meaningful contribution to the new mm-hmm. character whose story is similar. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I loved it. I, I loved it. Like I said, Olivia Tennant is just brilliant as this character. I was thinking, uh, well, I was thinking about it, and I think it also shows to, like, talking about thematics, I think it also shows that no matter how careful no matter how careful you are, you're still going to screw up because that is, that is because we're humans and we're fallible. Right. Right. But on the other hand, I'm trying to figure, trying to figure out how to say this because Disney brain pointed out some thematic things about how Vengex in this, doesn't quite line up with Vengex in RPM and how the way Beast Morphers, as similar as it is at points to RPM, the way it approaches its thematics is a little diametrically opposed where mm-hmm. with RPM, they were learning to embrace what, you know, what made them human I don't want to start the thematic discussion early, but the what made them human in order to defeat Vengex 
because he was the machine, the relentless right. machine. Right. Whereas in this, it's you know the literal human. You know, because his weakness, his kryptonite, if you will, is human DNA. Mm-hmm. That's what they used to beat him. So he didn't feel like it worked as well. And mm-hmm. I can see what he's talking about. Well, we'll unpack, unpack that more in the thematic discussion. Regardless, I am happy to see that plot point finally resolved. Because <laughs> I know I think a lot I'm, of people I'm were having, waiting for it. I'm having a hard time restraining myself on thematics because thematics... Are, that's why we're peppering it throughout this episode, because the thematics for this season are incredibly clear. I don't think we've ever I don't think we've ever come to the conclusion of a thematics outside of Megaforce, because we knew what Megaforce was going to be going into it. Well, but, and, you know, and then some of the less interesting thematics, because some of these shows tell you know, telegraphic hard. Right. But we we came to the th- we power of friendship, conclu- guys. We came to the con- or the or the importance of relationships. There we go. The the importance. We're gonna of beat him with the power of teamwork. Booyah! We're gonna beat him. We're gonna Epic. beat him with the power. The power of interpersonal relationships. Damn it! Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway. Well, well we for- but- oh, speaking of that, we forgot to mention that Nate has a catchphrase. <laughs> That's phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. Why is it and when the, okay, so let me just th- let me just throw this out here. Let me just throw this when the, when he first says "phenomenal" on the little screen he's looking at, it says "morph." So he says "morph." It's the screen says "morph," and he says "phenomenal." Uh-huh. So "morph phenomenal." Anyway, we get it. Show thank you, yeah. thank you for the nostalgia bits. Show we appreciate that. Right, but yeah, we've been peppering like this show telegraphs its thematics fairly hard. So there's no way we can talk about this without mentioning some of the thematics. We'll go deeper later on, but I'm just I just want to throw that out there. Right, right. All right, and then we have Cyber Villain Blaze, played by Colby Strong, and Cyber Villain Roxy, played by Liana. Liana Ramirez? Lee, I think it's Liana. Liana Liana? Liana. Liana Ramirez. Nothing against you, Miss Ramirez, but I, I looked up your Sentai counterpart and oh my. <laughs> <laughs> they are referred to as they are referred to as the Avatars. Mm-hmm. Which oh boy. Like you and I had a really and then interesting they were discussion. robots, and then there were robots. You and I had a really interesting discussion about avatars, data, um, you know, false or uh, what is it? What I what I say like false reality or yeah, fal- yeah, false. How social media is a false reality that we yeah. hide behind our avatars and they're not real and yada yada yeah. yada. Like we had that conversation. I think right. there's still that conversation to be had, but. Right. Um, but what's interesting about these characters is that they're not the people we saw at the beginning. This is not a case mm-hmm. of mind control or corruption or treachery or anything like that. They are projections. They're not mm-hmm. even necessarily pieces of the other characters. It's almost like mm-hmm. they were fashioned with the images of these yeah. characters. And then they kind of have evil ranger forms. 
And I like that they drive that home. I like that they drive that home. The, the, the differences between them, between their, like, uh, their, their actual real world forms and their cyber forms, uh, their cyber villain forms where every now and then they glitch like shit, like yeah, really in season just kind one. of in season one, they glitch because just enforcing the idea of, Oh, these are just, prog- these are projections or ho- they're essentially holograms that can move things. Right. Right. But they, they're needed by our main villain because he can't really do anything. Right. He's basically their hands and feet. Yeah. The anti alphas mm-hmm. <laughs> who have infinite response. As long as that chamber is still around. Yes, because the whole be, because to release, to release civilian blaze and civilian Roxy, the avatars must be eliminated. Yeah. Which they are, then destroyed. are. So we get the original care. We get the, you know, the nicer, the much nicer human characters mm. back. Right. And then the other, then they, the other two, you know, the cyber villains get resurrected as robots that have infinite respawn. So long as that chambers around, then the chamber gets taken out and then they get blowed up for good later. Right. So Michael, which of these two did you like most? Neither. Really? If I'm being okay, so if I'm being honest, I didn't care for I didn't care for either of them, but out of the two, out of the two, I think I liked Blaze more, but but the but the dynamic, the, the potential bet, but but the potential story between Roxy and Ravi was way more interesting. Mm-hmm. Bla- Blaze seems to be just a very singular-minded, ambitious character. He he's is always, and the two of them are constantly competing with each other for right, the approval and uh, favor of right. They're, Evox. they're, they're constantly, they're constantly vying for the approval of, of, of daddy Evox. Daddy um, Evox. <laughs> I mean, wait a minute. So we had, we have daddy Evox and before we had mama Tanaya, what the frick? <laughs> this is getting weird. Oh boy. <laughs> This is mommy Tanaya. Oh boy. Um, anyway, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mind either one of these characters. I think they're effective in what they do. They just weren't my favorite characters. They just want, they just weren't my favorite characters. And if I, but Mm -hmm. if I have to pick, I would say blaze only because he's not, he's not as, um, he's not as complex, but, I still, I, I just liked his, I liked his ambition and Roxy. They did. I don't feel like they did a ton with, with cyber villain Roxy. Now, when we, now for like the first few episodes that we see her, like she's very like gung ho and she's very like take charge. And I'm going to show you blaze, you know, girl, cyber girl power, you know? Um, and she gets the better of blaze for several episodes. And then it just kind of shifts from there. Like after, um, you know, after she's destroyed the first time, it just sort of shifts to more of a blaze. Season two is very much a more blaze. I feel like focus season than Roxy. Roxy a got a little bit. Yeah. But I do think miss Ramirez was really relishing the role throughout she the was. whole thing. She's got a lot of charisma, right? So they're not terribly complex as villains, but 
like I said, the performances are there. And you know, Roxy especially is just chewing up the scenery as best she can. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, they, I mean, there was potential to play around with it a little bit. And they did do that. You know, Roxy tried to manipulate Ravi a couple of times. She mm. used her appearance to her advantage. And Ravi took the bait, you know, a couple of times. And Blaze, it took Blaze a little while, but he's like, maybe I should just pretend to be the real Blaze and get what I want. <laughs> Which is how Evox eventually got into the base at the end of the mm. of the series. But yeah, and then like I said, they have evil ranger forms that they tweak along uh, along the way. <laughs> Roxy changes her appearance a couple of times. Yeah, it never Roxy, works out for her. Roxy evolves. Yeah, you know. Whereas I feel like if we're, I don't know, I don't know if there's anything here, but I feel like Roxy is constantly evolving. Whereas Blaze just kind of stays very just singular and stack. He just stays right. stuck in his place. Right. Right. Now, I will say in terms of the, you know, the their human counterparts, they do more with Roxy than they do Blaze. I was a little surprised by that. It would have been interesting if Blaze had tried to say at the beginning of season two, try to get back leadership of the ranger team because he was supposed to be the red ranger originally but they don't even do when he was even before that he was kind of a dick though yeah i mean he was <laughs> he was kind of a he, he was he was kind of an ass mm-hmm. uh which i thought what they were doing there was they were taking the they were taking the bad port the bad traits of blaze and then putting that into the avatar like that's what they were doing they were taking the bad traits of Roxy and blaze and then making those, the avatars um, or just amplifying those to create the avatars or whatever, however you want to say it. But, yeah. I think yeah, that's we, possible. We go, we go several episodes without seeing blaze until well, civilian blaze. We'll say civilian blaze. We go several episodes without seeing him until fairly, until pretty much the end when cyber villain blaze comes and does an actually deviate, like a really devious thing and pretends to be the real blaze. So, I mean, they're pretty good. They're not terrible villains. They have some great banter, like Mm -hmm. the making bad episode where they're all just arguing over who to resurrect is pretty funny. Yeah. That was just basically a a meta conversation between a bunch of Ranger fans. Yeah. But it also shows that, you know, these villains are like we are these type we are this type of archetypal villain in this era of power rangers and we need a villain who will match us basically we need someone who is irredeemably evil and loyal which means we can't use astronomer lord zed or korag because they don't meet one of those definitions exactly so because what was their what was their reasoning they can't use lord zed because lord zed would just when the lord zed would betray take- them they can't use Astronema because she turned good, and we can't use Korag because he turned good. He he could turn good, and so they settle on Goldar. Yeah, Goldar Maximus. Anyway, we'll get to no, him. We'll get there. We'll we'll get there. And now for our next for our next villain, we can say this is our second in command, Scrozzle. Scrozzle, you know, Scrozzle, Razmataz. <laughs> oh yes the old, old razzmatazz the old scuzzle razzmatazz <laughs> no, razzmatazz is now my new favorite word 
Yes, yes. Uh, uh, voiced by Campbell Cooley. That's a name we've seen a few other times before. We and have. his suit actor was Koji Mimura. So he's our monster maker. Sla- well, he's not really the general. He's a he's the monster maker, but he's more than a monster maker because he also wants the favor of Evox. And mm. he tries to keep the cyber villains in place a little bit. Mm-hmm. And comes across a little bit at points like he's got his own agenda going on which is a little bit interesting and i love i love how sarcastic and kind how sarcastic and condescending he is points does he have a sentai counterpart i can't yes he does okay yeah Uh, give me a second i'll look it up but keep oh, oh wait no i don't have to go very far but so he's kind of like a mad inventor a little bit because he's always mm-hmm. inventing the monsters of the week. Well, I mean, like the, the thing mad... that's different about this show is that we get the human-sized monster of the week, but instead of growing them huge, he just makes a giant robot a inspired which, by which, the monster of the week. Which that is so that is so interesting. I don't know. If, we'll, we may save this for when we get to the Zord section, but this is that is so interesting. It's very reminiscent of SPD where you have the 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 civilian sized monster of the week and then you oh, have I was a, wrong. The, I was wrong. Scrozzle does not have a direct GoBusters counterpart. I was thinking I was thinking he was an original character from to Hasbro, but I wasn't sure. Um he looks very Hasbro in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it, he doesn't, the Ranger Wiki does list a Sentai character that they say was the inspiration for his costume, but it doesn't look exactly the same. But it's right. from Ninja versus Toker, the movie. Oh, interesting. Okay, anyway. And the subtitle but... is Ninjas in Wonderland. <laughs> oh, so he is the Mad Hatter. <laughs> I was going to say, he reminds me of the Mad Hatter. So he is the Mad Hatter. We're, we're all in Wonderland. I, I don't know if you can get there. This is not Wonderland. I don't think you can get there. Um, But back what I was going to say, I feel like one thing that I really liked and what I, it was very kind of, I feel like it's very reminiscent of SPD. You have the, the, the monster of the week who's human size. And then you have the, uh, the robot, the monster of the week, the giant right. size one. That's the counterpart. Yeah. Uh, so they're doing, they're constantly, every episode is constantly doing a two prong attack, which leads into what I was saying earlier, where I love the fact that these Rangers don't have that ridiculous, stupid, over oversized cockpit where they all stand at a platform and just do a hiya. But they have they have to be they have to divide and conquer. Yeah. They have to be in their own little cockpits. They have to be it's very grounded in that aspect. Yeah. And sometimes they will you know, a couple of the Rangers will keep fighting the human sized monster and the and the other ones a couple of the other ones will go get Zords and go fight the giant robot. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. they have to It's very it's very tactical, and I like that. Yeah, yeah. But Scrozzle was fun, like I said. He's he's so sarcastic. He's so condescending. Like, he's like, he's like, what was that? You know, put his hand up to his ear. Like, he's like, what were you going to say? <laughs> I wrote down several Scrozzle lines throughout the whole show. Like, one time he says, they're as useless as a concrete parachute. 
<laughs> Razzmatazz will Razzmatazz, Razzmatazz will is, is, is great. Is oh, this movie. is the one I was talking about when he's putting his hand up to his ear because Blaze says, send in a gigadrome, which is one of the giant robots. And then he puts his hand up to his ear and he says, what's the magic word? And Blaze says, now! <laughs> uh, and then for uh, during the during the the oh and there is a point where <laughs> he goes toward the uh, in what a later episode he goes running up to evox and he says i i i oh yeah i caught that too i thought that was really funny <laughs> but uh and there are a couple of episodes where he's the main villain because Evox you know, isn't around, you know. There for a minute, there for a minute, I really thought that we were going to get a very Power Rangers typical. Uh, I'm the I'm the general, so I'm going to betray the the main villain. But what I was actually pleasantly surprised by was Scrozzle remained fairly loyal to Evox for the rest of the time for the yeah. for the for the for the, for the entirety of the season. And he's the only villain who survives. He gets arrested at the end, which is why he comes back in Dino Fury. <laughs> he gets arrested by General Truman from yeah, yes, RPM. from RPM, and yeah, and because then he's comes... because he escaped and he's hanging yeah. out in he's hanging out in the sewers of Corinth. Apparently, <laughs> I like to think that the RPM Rangers found him. <laughs> Which is just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but I like Scrozzle. I like the- I'm amazed he he avoided boom time. I <laughs> I'm I wasn't sure what the backstory like what Scrozzle was because when we see this is fast forwarding just a little bit to Dino Fury, when Scrozzle comes back to to accompany Lord Zed, which is a little bit funny because Lord Zed is voice acted by the same person that does Vengeance. And <laughs> yes, Evox. true. <laughs> and, so he's still working for the same guy. <laughs> and and in that and then this epi- in the Grid Connection episode, he's or uh, making making bad. Uh, you know, get it? Breaking bad, making bad. Get it, guys? Um, the the uh, the making bad episode. They talk about how oh we can't bring back Lord Zed because Lord Zed would betray us would betray us all. He's too evil. Um, I just find that really funny. Now well, that I, the- now that I know Dino Fury, Dino, now that I know Dino Fury and Beast Morvers, I just find that really funny. Well, hilariously, they were right because <laughs> <laughs> some poor because some poor sap. Uh, some weirdo magician decided I'm gonna bring back a double of Lord Zed at his most evil, and then I'll put a compliance collar on him because I got that from Rijack. And then the compliance collar gets broken, and then Lord Zed says, "Screw all y'all." <laughs> and Beast Morphers is where we get the. This is where we establish what the compliance collar is, for sure. So making some nice callbacks there. But yeah, Scrolls was pretty fun. Uh, he was. I, I I had to get used to the voice uh, for a while, but I'm okay with it now. Yeah, it's fine. I like Scrozzle. I think if we were doing our dream villain team, I would consider I would actually consider Scrozzle for something. Because <laughs> you want him to talk down to you? <laughs> maybe I would consider if we were doing like our favorite villain, maybe if we were doing our ultimate villains team. I might consider Scrozzle as the monster maker archetype. 
I don't know. Yeah, well, your main villain would be Lord Zed, obviously. I don't know how Skrulls... Well, no, we do know the Skrulls could get along with Lord Zed. Never mind. Anyway. There's no time for glitter. is a thing. (laughs) There's no time for glitter. We have no time. Actually, he was the one who wanted glitter, wasn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Wow. He was taking the razzmatazz a little literal there wasn't it <laughs> that's anyway. the only thing that would have been funnier is, is if lord said it said we have no time for razzmatazz <laughs> anyway we have our foot soldiers the tronics and the gigatronics who are the big or the ones. gigadrones yeah the, the, the gigadrones yeah. yeah not a lot to say here about them they're your typical faceless mechanical foot soldiers they look kind of robotic they're purple do you notice did, did you notice that did, I, I just put two and two together did you notice that the tronics have uh uh, uh breastplates or shields similar to how uh sim- similar to how evox has a bre- has a uh a collar like a triangle shaped collar i don't know yeah, there's, that is there's true. Probably, there's not a connection there probably but i'm just trying to draw yeah. one but how do you feel about them as foot soldiers? I mean, they're, they're cog like they stand out. Like they're, they're not, they don't blend into the background. Like the, like the Tyranodrones. We, I like to pick on the Tyranodrones, but we pick on the Tyranodrones um, a lot. We do pick on the Tyranodrones. They're like the low bar. They're like the, well, outside of the Piranatrons, they're pretty low on the list. Yeah. Um, they stand out because I like their design. They have these silver breasts. They have these silver, uh, uh, shields on their shoulders and chests and they are purple. Yep. And I like purple. Yep. They're better than loogies. Good Lord. Oh yeah. They're vastly superior to loogies. Good Lord. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. Anyway, who thought that was yeah. a good idea? God. Anyway, poor sledge and crew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So we get the whole crew back. Unlike a ninja steel mm-hmm. and resurrected. Thanks to what I call the gimmick gun from Ryjack, mm-hmm. who has a gun that if you give the, give him something that belonged to somebody else, he can reanimize them. Yes. So it's, yeah. So he reanimizes sludge in the entire crew. Yes. And then they're around for a couple episodes at our crossover. And then they all get unceremoniously murdered. <laughs> what is I it? mean, Goldar is Maximus he... is brought into the universe and he just takes a look at Sledge and just kills him. I can't remember. I should have wrote it down, but I didn't. Uh, I can't remember the, what what the line was where uh, they create Goldar Maximus. Poise is dead. The whole crew is dead except for Sledge at this point. Um, Sledge says something to question or cross Goldar Maximus and Goldar Maximus just murders him on spot on, yep. on, on site. Yep. I have concluded that for whatever reason, the, this franchise either hates Sledge and this crew or they love murdering him because they think it's funny, which is also equally terrible. Uh, but like you said, we get the whole we get the whole crew back. We get Sledge, Snide, Poissandra, Fury, Wrench, yeah, and, Curio. and we do get a really cool scene where the whole crew fights the Rangers in the Dino Charge crossover episode, right? Which I which think, is really well, cool. 
<laughs> which that can't be from the movie because Sledge is an original character to Power Rangers. So that footage can't be from the movie. Right. But it is a really cool image. It is a really, really cool image. Yeah. I'm just, but guys, please don't do this again. I'm, I feel so sorry for these characters. Just stop it. <laughs> tired of seeing them die all the time. <laughs> You're sick, so people. You- sick. <laughs> I, I noticed that you have them listed side by side uh, together later on in this list. Can we just oh, talk do? about the put? The oh, the putties and, and the Vivix. Yeah. Yeah. They get uh, the gimmick gun brings them back. Yeah. The gimmick gun gives us putties, which we like the old school putties, not the Z putties, the old school the old gray and putties, black putties. Although that costume, those costumes are new. They look different yes. than the old ones. They, they, they do look a little bit better. I agree. Yeah, and the Vivix are back, which I kind of saw coming because you see a Vivix very, very briefly in the second in the intro to the second season. Yeah, we knew that was coming, but we were both a little bit surprised by the putties, which yeah. I was pleasantly surprised to see. The yeah, I was watching that episode first, and I was texting you. I was like, "Putties!" <laughs> no context. I just wrote "putties." <laughs> I was happy to see them. It's been a while since we've seen the putties. So yeah. again, another uh, maybe another, not the best foot soldiers, but the most iconic for sure. Right. So another instance of this show, Beast Morphers knows how to do nostalgia better. Yep. Because using them, it's pure fan service, but it doesn't take away anything. It doesn't add or take away. It just it's it's just it's, it's nice garnish. Yes. Which is like I argued before is one of the ways you want to do it. Mm -hmm. All right. So we'll get to some monsters of the week here. I actually have kind of a lot. What we've already talked about. So I guess we can, we I've mentioned him already. So we'll just finish it off here. But the chimera Zord that, Mm -hmm. that Evox has in grid connection. It's absolutely insane. It's like, Ghidorah on steroids. <laughs> oh my god, it's like Ghidorah, Destroya, and Biolante all mixed into one. If you I didn't know, who, know you, better, I would have thought this was a finale. <laughs> if you didn't know if you don't know any of the who any of those monsters are, go watch a Godzilla movie. You'll enjoy it. And then yourself. listen to the Monster Island Film Vault. Kaching and Kaiju Weekly Ka-ching. while you're at it. And Kaiju Weekly while you're at it, correct. Anyway, yeah, the Chimera Zord is nightmare fuel. And you're right. That episode, uh, uh, it was the grid connection episode did feel like a massive finale because you have, because, uh, the whole premise is they find a geode and they're going to use the dino gems or, uh, uh, um, uh, Evox is going to use the dino gems to create a, his own dinosaur robot or his own dinosaur Zord. So, he in because we're dealing with a bunch of different DNA and like, like yeah. gene gene splicing and all that stuff. Basically, yeah, I, they uh, made a Jurassic. Jason, basically, they made a Jurassic Park dinosaur because they splice a bunch of DNA. Together oh no, to I'm, I'm looking at a picture of this thing now. It it's basically and it by the way it dwarfs the Megazords. It, it took three Megazords, no four Megazords really to beat this thing because that was the other Megazord. crazy thing that happened is all the Megazords from each team came back mm. inexplicably, right. but I guess it's all the, I guess it's just the grid. Now we can just attribute everything to, to the grid. The grid is power. The grid is liquid. 
or not liquid. The, the grid is plot convenience almost at this point, but mm. I'm looking at it now. It's huge purple has bat wings and it has one central head. All right. And it looks like there's this circular maw with teeth around it. And then it has six, six more heads around this maw. And each of that of those heads is a different dinosaur. Mm. It's truly freaking insane. Oh, it's terrifying. This is the, this is the textbook definition of unholy abomination. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm looking through here. Uh, oh, okay. The I'm trying to see. Does this have a Sentai counterpart? And uh, actually, it does. Hilariously, it's from Q Q Oh, from Q Ruger versus Go Busters. So there was a crossover movie. So it's from the Go Busters and Q Ruger crossover movie and it was called space war god voidus space voldos excuse me voldos voldos okay interesting okay and apparently he hates dinosaurs because the two quotations here for this character all have to do with hating dinosaurs Okay. I mean, all right. I mean, the, the, the Chimera Zord is terrifying. You know, it's, it did feel like a finale that felt like, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm projecting a little bit, but that felt more like a finale than the actual finale we got. Although that did feel like a finale too. I don't know, but it's a different sort of story. That one was high, was high stakes and a lot of uh, emotions running high. And then, Evox Vengex turned himself into a giant robot mode that also dwarfed our Rangers. <laughs> so, you know, I guess Evox is, well, it's kind of Vengex too. It's just, you know, it's go big or go home. So right. <laughs> he doesn't think small. <laughs> so the next monster of the week that we had, uh, I think we both had this one. It is Vargoyle. Well, Vargoyle, Vargoyle who I kind of wish was a regular villain because he's so fun. He is fun. I agree. Uh, we He's were deba- so fun. I didn't, we didn't know whether or not to put him as uh, a monster of the week or as a as a vin- as a um a, as a, a villain, villain or general as a general yeah. or whatever. He's only in a ha- He's only in a couple of episodes, but he basically just comes in and steals the show. He makes oh, yeah. Roxy and Blaze look like chumps, and Evox really likes him. And he's like, "Oh, you're so much better than the other ones. I'm keeping you around." And he's there's some great action scenes with him he he deceives the rangers he no sells a lot of what they do (laughs) Devin barely beats him barely so just all around i really liked him great voice acting as well i wish they had kept him around the next one that i had on my list was tubi you mean i named that tubatron or tube they called him tubi damn it well so it was roxy because roxy likes giving funny nicknames to people like she calls scrozzle scrozzy yes but i'm gonna go with tubi because it closely resembles the free free the free streaming service that yes we all 
love and adore. Yes. Actually, that would have been really funny if a streaming service was a monster and it tried to kill the Power Rangers. <laughs> yes! That is awesome! Like, you know what? I almost want to see a whole team of Monsters of the Week on Sentai and Power Rangers that are just different streaming services of what those all would have looked like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Netflix would have been the first one to get killed because nobody likes it anymore. <laughs> yes. Oh, but uh, yeah, it's so a tuba. <laughs> it's a tuba. And I mean, the sound is, I mean, this, I, I will say this is a weird compliment for that episode, but the sound design for that episode was really good. Uh, it had that really low bass, that really low. Brrr, brrr, that was a Robbie centric one where he helps a kid who likes to play tuba, but he gets bullied yes, all the time. That, that was that was the one where I texted you and I said, "Hey, Robbie loves to paint. That is a very human thing." Yes, quite. He loves art. Mm-hmm. Yes, quite. Yeah. So yes, in true Sentai fashion, tuba. Mm-hmm. Because the way they make the monsters of the week in this is attaching a Morphex device to an inanimate object. Yes, and it still never occurred to them to. I don't know, get a toy wolf or something. Mm. I mean, a, yeah, okay. a toy wolf, because then Devin would just be frozen in place and then they could just go over and stab him. Yes. <laughs> Quite. Yes. All right. Next up on so my you... list, unless you have more to say about Tubatron, Tubi. No, sir. Go ahead and let's move on yeah. from Tubi to whatever Tubi you have. or next. not Tubi. <laughs> Maybe we need a sad tuba for that one. <laughs> anyway, next up on my list is Gamertron. Oh, yeah, Gamertron. Who's one yeah. of the few female monsters of the week we have in Power Rangers, and which is why I think it's funny that Gamertron is female. <laughs> made by putting the Morphex device on a controller. And I want to say, I want the console that is in this show because there's a video game centric episode because Devin is a gamer. I mm. want that console. I want that console mm. so bad. I am a fighting <laughs> game aficionado. And <laughs> the fact that we have the console is literally a controller that projects a hologram, a lifelike hologram of a fighting game character that you could then yes. use to play against another person, and we have an esports competition with this. I'm like, I need this not, in my life. Not, Someone make not, it real. Not EA sports, just esports. No, esports is an actual term. Oh, it's an actual so term. Have, Electronic but, sports. That's just a generic okay. term. I'm not a gamer, so there we go. See, I just showed my non-gameriness. I know. There are TikTok videos of you trying to play Battle for the Grid, and it's embarrassingly funny. Moving on. Talking <laughs> but anyway, about Gamertron. Gamertron. And I'm just like, this is just fun. The gamer in me was just delighted by this. There's a lot of funny, like she she makes doubles of all the rangers and calls them clonies. It's just mm. funny. It's just really funny. Also, I want Backstreet Brawler three, just because it sounds wonderful. Yeah, and the and the whole premise of that is they're it's so funny because they're uh, 
it's obviously people and obviously like face actors and suit actors like doing this inside of a on on set, but they're supposed to be like three D hologram um, avatars. Yeah, it's really funny. And I there's thought a it was girl hilarious. gamer who exploits a bug in the game to win. Yes, which is kind uh, and, of a weird bug, but sure. Like sure, it's it's fine. It works. Yeah, uh, which. <laughs> that episode had a really nice little, le- that episode had a really nice lesson. Apparently the, the girl was competing so that she could afford to pay yeah. for her brother's, uh, what was it? Surgery or, yeah. uh, uh, it was, it was so she could afford to pay for her brother's surgery. But listen, let me just, let me just add something. $5,000 for a surgery is really cheap. When you think about things, just, just say it. Yeah. Uh, was it yeah. just, was it, yeah. was it, was he just getting a tooth pulled? Cause that's no, probably what it was. It, he was walking with a crutch. I'm joking. I'm good joking. Lord. Oh, I'm good. joking. Cause it would cost you five grand to get a tooth pulled nowadays. Anyway. Anyway. Well, who was next on your list? I had Keytron next Keytron? on my list. <laughs> that just makes me think of a line from red versus blue. <laughs> no. Yeah. From red versus blue. And they're talking about the energy sword and one of the, the token idiot on one of the teams on there is trying to say that it was a key instead of a sword. Mm. He's like, what do you mean? It's a key. He's like, cause when you stick it in someone, it unlocks their death. It's very morbid and terrifying. <laughs> um, but his whole power set is he can create, uh, he can create, he can, he can unlock anything by his hologram, his holographic keys. And what makes that uh, episode so important is that's the episode where uh, I think the the episode name is uh, Artist Anonymous, where Ravi paints a mural anonymously and everyone wants to know who it is. Well, Evox turns Keytron into a human paint, uh, a very stereotypical human (laughs) French painter, you know. Oh to all gosh, of our French listeners, to all of our French listeners out there, I am so sorry. Uh, but <laughs> hopefully, you but, can laugh at it. <laughs> yes. So he turns him into a human painter to to take all the credit, so that they can get access to Grid Battle Force through a mural or through. No, and there was exploding know. paint. And there was exploding paint. So that's also another, that's also a plot point, which I texted. Yeah. You Cause they were going to use the, ex- they were going right. to use the exploding paint to take out a wall and then go in. Yes. Which I texted you. I think I simply just said exploding paint, be ready or <laughs> prepare your, prepare thyself for exploding paint. <laughs> yes. Yes, quite. <laughs> it is the most. It's one of the most unique way. It's one of the most unique plots we've seen in Power Rangers so far. A little bit, a little bit. And then uh, the next one on my list, we have a lot. Of, there's a lot of good monsters of the week in this show. I will there say, are, yeah, there are. Yeah, that I had mentioned. Not, not to mention, they're just there. A lot of them are very good designs too. Yeah, yeah. But then the next one I had was Boxertron. <laughs> <laughs> I love that episode. That episode is just pure ridiculousness, and I am here for it. <laughs> Where we find out that Boxertron, because he's a Sentai villain, <laughs> can c- take over a building and turn himself into a pocket dimension that is a that's a boxing ring. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> and he commentates for himself while he's yes. fighting the power yes. Rangers. And yes. it sounds like Jim Ross meets yes. Michael Buffer. <laughs> the only thing that would have made it better is if he is like if he said something about a slobber knocker or his name was slobber knocker, which I know goes against the naming convention because everything is either something Tron or something drone. But mm-hmm. come on. Did I need you, a sent- have- I need a Power Ranger villain named Slobber Knocker. <laughs> did you happen did you happen to write down any any uh Boxertron lines? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, what are a couple of boxer I wrote a few lines? of them down. It's like he's mean. Uh, he's tougher than a two dollar steak. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll because he makes he takes the red racer zord, puts it in the ring, and then just keeps sicking more. Uh, more giga drones on him so that it, it, which turns into basically a handicap pro wrestling match <laughs> and they're bouncing off the ropes and doing everything and i'm like oh my gosh the behind the scenes on this must have been fun <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and then he's commentating the whole time <laughs> so you don't see him and then there's ooh, somebody opened the fridge this zord is out cold <laughs> and then one of my personal favorites this gigadrone snacks on danger and dines on destruction (laughs) and that's just the ones that i was remembering he was this guy was a one-liner machine (laughs) no pun intended oh my gosh I love Speaking. that episode. I love that episode, and I love this guy. He was just—it's just so funny. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of random names, where they just throw Tron on something and call it good. This is not necessarily a good villain, in my opinion, but I just think it's funny. Um, Dumbbell Tron. Got to pump you up. I got to pump you up. He didn't have the he didn't have the voice. He didn't have the voice, but he I didn't have the voice because we had that with you, you Spike in the pre in, yeah. in Ninja. You have Steel. to have the voice. Yeah, he didn't when you have, have the when voice. You have a, when when you have a monster of the week that likes to work out, you have to have the voice. Yeah, to have the voice. Uh, although there was this is not on my list, but then there was there was Shakatron. I mean Shakakon. I mean Shakatron. I just. <laughs> so I just <laughs> all right so so now so now that we've talked about some of the sillier monsters of the week let's get back because you and i have a couple of these that are actually like really really good monsters of the week on our on our list so let's start with ryjack ryjack which is interesting because he's the only not robot that the rangers fight he's an alien alien. yeah yeah he's uh basically a a collector of sorts he's a criminal and he goes around Mm -hmm. stealing high profile artifacts he has a whole stash of them and by high profile artifacts i mean all of the collectibles i mean props i mean toys i mean gear legacy weapons nathan yes legacy whip right right (laughs) he has a whole stash of them and he's a writer so, and he's this horrible so like he's, said, he's this horrible criminal that captain chaku's been chasing and he's fun but yeah Ryjack, i really liked Ryjax. he he talked like he talked like an australian 
He did. He talked like an Australian bounty hunter. So I'm assuming he's from he's from Mad Max and he likes to hunt down things. <laughs> Which makes no sense because there are no rhinos in yeah, it's, it Australia. But I don't care. We've had Scottish samurai before. We've had this. Scottish samurai. We've had We've had uh, 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 shoot. We've had uh, we've had the 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger runner. Uh, the, um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger monster, and then we've had some that sounded like they were from your home state. Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we had uh, we uh, we had by crikey, we had uh, Ryjax, who sounds like an Aussie, um, and he no sells everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. that the ranges do <laughs> yeah he's he's so he's really op really really op um but i like i like ryjax actually what makes ryjax so important is one like we talked about he the has a bunch gun. of he had he has the gimmick gun he can bring it that's why we have the vivix that's why we have the putties um but he also has a collection of artifacts and let me just say this, seeing Devin hold Lord Zed's staff looks weird and, and, and inappropriate, and I want them to stop it. Okay. Um, duct tape. Duct tape. Oh, duct tape. Take a second. Duct tape? What the hell? I'm talking about duct tape. Um, yeah, anyway. So... So he does. He has a, he has a collection of artifacts. This is where... This is, this is where our villains get their hands on. Well, I need to back up just for a second. When we are introduced to Ryjax, when we're introduced to Ryjax, um, there's also like another, the Rangers are alerted to someone else coming to earth. And I don't think we talked about this character, but keeper. We, but keeper oh yeah. Keepers up. in this because, because dino of charge. dino charge. Yeah, keepers in this. So keepers who's apparently up. a messenger of the Morphin Grid now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess he's Yoda or something, and the Morphin Grid is the Force. Okay, fine, we'll go with it. The but Morphin Grid is sh- an energy force created by all living things. It binds us. It penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. Says but, keeper. Says keeper. So. <laughs> So keeper, so keeper shows up, and it's in because an episode of, it's, called "Finders Keepers." Finders Keepers, because the whole premise of that is the Rangers go to Rijax's ship, which has the most sensitive security system I've ever seen. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can I, you blow on it, and things do, Whatever you do, don't get a security system installed in your house by Rijack. Because if someone, because if the Amazon delivery guy shows up and it accidentally triggers your system, you won't have a house. <laughs> so it's so incredibly sensitive. Zoe just makes sets one foot on the steps and it, the whole thing blows up. Um, so the Rangers go there to, to, to get the artifacts because they don't want to fall. They don't want those to fall into villain hands. Keeper shows up, and then it's because of Ryjax that we're introduced to, you know, the, it leads us into the grid connection and making bad, or making bad, then gig, and then grid get grid connection. But we're also introduced to the compliance collar, which can, you know, seize control of anyone who wears it. And so they capture Keeper, bring him back to the cyber dimension, and then learn all of the Rangers' quote secrets, apparently. 
Mm-hmm. And that's how, and that's how uh, Vengex or that's how Evox discovers how to make a dinosaur using a geode and the dino gems and then, you know, shenanigans. Oh, and Snide. We should have mentioned the Snide shows back up. Because- oh, Sn- Snide. Yeah, we forgot to talk about Snide. Uh, yeah, oh, because man. he wants just- revenge. <laughs> yeah, because he wants revenge. Because he's a bootleg. Uh, um, uh, Zeltrax. What the hell? Zeltrax. He's a bootleg Zeltrax. Which, by the, by the way, I real I, someone told me that the reason why Snide looks like Zeltrax is because his Sentai counterpart was a revived version of Zeltrax's Sentai counterpart. So I was vicariously right. <laughs> I mean, we could, we could safely assume, right? Yeah, but, um, Snide, but yeah, it just should just be mentioned that Snide gets revived, but not Heckle. Yeah, I didn't like Heckle all that much. Um, but Rijax, like I said, Rijax is important because we get all these artifacts, including what leads us into our next major monster of the week, I would say, is Goldar Maximus, who oh, can't help but yes, scream. We need to talk about Goldar Maximus the way that Goldar Maximus talks, because all he knows how to do is yell. That's all he knows how to do. Played by Adrian Smith. Not the original actor. What is the original actor's name? Kinnigan Mahan. There. Kerrigan, sorry, Kerrigan Mahan. There I was go. wrong. So, Michael, what did you think of Goldar Maximus? I know going in, you didn't like him. He was perfectly fine as a monster of the week, but as a but as a uh, villain and a henchman, he kind of sucked. Is he worse than the 2017 not Goldar? I would say not, because I still despise the 2017 Goldar. I agree with you. Now, which one looks more like a toy? This one or the one in the 1995 movie? This one does. Absolutely. So maybe he should change his name to Goldar Bandai. How long are we going to keep doing this because my throat is starting to hurt? I could do this all day. Well, I'm not going to because my throat is starting to hurt my neighbor. And I'm sure my neighbors are outside. My neighbors outside my window are looking at me weird. Um, (laughs) We were cracking some pretty crazy jokes about Goldar Maxwell. Because like you said, seriously, the the guy, all he does is yell the the whole time. No, no joke. No joke. Yeah. And as I'm as I'm doing that, like no joke. Ha. Other callback. Anyway. As I'm as I'm doing that, my neighbor is walking their dog, and they're going by my window, and I'm just, they're just kind of looking at me like, "What the hell is wrong with this person?" <laughs> but uh, we, we were cracking jokes about how you know, Goldar Maximus should have should go hook up with Scorpina Maximus, and then they're gonna make like a little Maximus babies. And <laughs> God. <laughs> Okay, so, so so this character, this character, and this, well, no, the real joke was like, oh man, what is he? What is what does Goldar Maximus sound like while making love to Scorpina Maximus? We're not going there. Yeah, we're not going there. But uh, stingers. Um. <laughs> this character is, regardless of how it looks and how toyetic it looks, actually is from the Sentai. Yep. 
This yep. is a I'll Sentai look that character. up is... really quick, but it is a, a new version of, of Griffizor. Yeah, Griffizor. Yeah, so I'll look I him up here. I don't recall. I'm sure you'll find it here in a second. I don't recall uh, what Sentai he is from, but he this is a Sentai character, regardless of how goofy it looks, because this this design for Goldar Maximus is really toyetic. It looks like a giant Bandai figure. Um, there are some vestiges of the old Goldar there, like the armor, the face is this blue kind of dog slash ape face is there. The wings are there. Uh, the sword, obviously, because that's what they use to resurrect him. Um, but there are some design changes that we don't see are namely there's no fur. There's no fur at all on this, on this character. Whereas the original Goldar had fur. Um, and this one has a proper tail, are, which are you I ready point- for this? Which I pointed out to you, hang on, mm-hmm. which I pointed out to you, the original Gryphazor, the original Goldar had a tail. It was just kind of tied up behind him and it was black. So these are blue. Anyway, go ahead. Tell yeah, me what you're going to tell me. Yeah. His Sentai counterpart is Neo Gryphazor. Neo Gryphazor. That I knew it was something yep. Gryphazor. Uh-oh. Yeah. Who is a quote embodiment clone end quote created by space war god Voldos. Oh, in that movie we were talking about it earlier. So he, his Sentai counterpart was created by the Chimera Zord Sentai counterpart. Oh, he is not oh. the original Griffizar, who was sealed away by Witch Bandora after the final defeat of Die Satan. He is an Damn. evil embodiment of the regret of Die Satan in his failure to defeat the Zeo Rangers in the past. <laughs> oh man, and it and it kind of goes into this this funny little moment where it's like, "It's nice to see you, Jason." It's like, "I knew a Goldar, and you're not, and you're nowhere near, and you're nowhere near as powerful as the yeah, original." Yeah, something Goldar. along those lines, or which does seem to. Imp- I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, which does seem to imply that it's not the same Goldar, which yeah. honestly is my head cannon. My head cannon is that Goldar survived the Z wave. Actually, I'm going to be honest with you, listeners with attitude. My head cannon, fight me, is that both Goldar and Scorpina managed to avoid it. Both of them just wandered the universe for a little while, kind of aimlessly, because they didn't have anybody to work for. Then they then they found each other, got married, and had wonderful little evil children. And they're hanging out on Griffizar somewhere. Yep. And I apologize to I apologize to our listeners' ears if that if that if that hurts you guys, but we just wanted to emphasize how ridiculous that character is. Um <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> You'll be okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Now let's move on to the Zords. Which <laughs> there the are mercifully Zords. but to the Zords. Um <laughs> which there are mercifully few of. Well, they the Ranger Wiki listed another whole system of Zords, but they're all basically the same. It's just a slightly different combination. Right. So I just left it out so we could just talk about the ones here. So first, excuse me, first up we have the Beast X Ultra Zord, which is made up of the Beast X Zord and the Striker megazord and the beast x megazord is compiled of the ra- the red racer zord 
the Wheeler Zord and the Chopper Zord. And I am a huge fan of the Red Racer Zord. Mm. That Zord sometimes finishes the Monster of the Week off by itself. And the best thing is, it looks great from basically every angle. It does. I agree. I agree. Um, It's been a while since we've had a Zord that we could say that about. You know, the last, I think the last, I feel like the last Zord that I was able to say that about is the, um, 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 oh shoot, the, the red wild force, or not wild force, not wild, Jesus, not wild. Yeah. No, not wild force. Jungle Fury? Jungle Fury. Jungle Fury. Jungle Fury. Um, I think the last, I feel like the last Zord that I could say that about is the red Jungle Fury Zord, like the battle mode. Um, or the Jungle Fury Megazord. The Jungle Fury Megazord looks really good. Yeah. From yeah. A, from a lot of angles. Yeah. Or jungle so that Pride, one, so that one is... Uh, it was the Jungle Pride Megazord. That was yeah, the actual Megazord. Yeah. But this one's not even a Megazord. It's just a Cheetah Zord with a battle mode. Mm. And yeah. the B-spots will become the steering wheels. Mm. Oh, yeah. In these swords, which is funny. So you've got Cruz's face on the steering wheel and he talks to Devin. Which is just funny, and then the uh, the mm. the Wheeler's order is the gorilla. It's smash, and it turns into a gorilla and has shoulder mounted missiles <clears throat> that are bananas because it's Super Sentai. Don't right. ask questions. This is bananas. B a n a n a s. This is bananas. <laughs> Actually, Smash has a line. <laughs> when he is the steering wheel on that where he says this is cuckoo bananas cuckoo bananas if cuckoo they really bananas. wanted to be funny they should have had an episode where smash got infatuated with a cute blonde i mean anyway. we did have we, we did have wait hang on we did have the episode with with ravi that i didn't get to mention this but uh earlier when we were talking about the ranger characters but twas beauty that tamed the beast true because Roxy said she was sorry and he calmed down anyway and then the chopper zord which honestly the chop the red the the, the razor zord is my favorite but the chopper zord is hilarious because it's supposed to be a bunny but the ears Mm. are propellers yeah also we haven't seen a helicopter zord in a while so I like seeing it here same Yep, and then we had the strike, uh, the striker Megazord I mentioned, which is made up of the Wrecker Zord and the Jet Zord, which those are uh, Steels and Nate's Zords, mm-hmm. and they look like the insects that they're modeled after. Those don't typically do a lot by themselves; they just combine into the striker Megazord. Yeah, because because um, Steel Zord becomes the chest plates, the chest plate for. Um, for Nate's Zord. Right. But anyway, so that so that one I it, the Razor Zord, the Red Razor Zord is so is so good. It kind of overshadows all the rest for me personally. Well, the, the like Red if Racer, I could get a toy of the Red Racer Zord, I would cuz I like the that. The Red one. Racer Zord has a nice by itself by itself moment where it where we're in, where they're in the cyber dimension and it's the Red Racer Zord that goes up against Blaze's own zord which looks like a what would we say an eva an eva unit or a an eva um, unit yeah well i I also know i said it looked like a final fantasy boss that or a gundam 
kind of looked like yeah. it come to look like a little it looked a little Gundam anyway yeah um so the Red Racer Resort has a really nice like a nice battle sequence there I'm really glad they did something with with that instead of just one shotting it um but then we have the ultimate combination which is the Beast X King Ultra Zord which by ultra which well, by we, ultra you left standards, out the Beast X King Zord which is the lion sorry about that you're right the beast x king zord you're right you're right you're right you're right the beast x king zord made which up the beast gave us a wonderful image of the red racer zord ride the lion it's, no it's not quite the same but it's a motorcycle it turns into a motorcycle it turns into a motorcycle because why not it's sentai why not i mean we've seen this before SP, look at you spd uh but as i was saying before the Beast X King Ultra Zord, which is which by Ultra Zord standards, at least by the Ultra Zord standards we've seen so far, is pretty manageable. It at least it can walk by itself. It doesn't need wheels. Not it can't walk a whole lot, but it can. It can at least move. That's the thing. Once these, the more you come, more of these things combine together, the more cumbersome those suits get. I'm actually glad that this. I'm guessing this is before. You know, I, you know, it just dawned on me. There's no CGI Zords in this. Well, no, the lion. There. Well, okay. No. Okay. Right. I take it back. There's some CGI in this, but they don't do There's the not crazy things with like CGI Ultra Zords that do backflips. Yeah. That's the, what I'm thinking um, of. The the battle between the Chimera and those three and the and the other Megazords that was CGI. Yeah, we got to see the OG Megazord inexplicably, but okay. It's a new suit. I'm it sure is. It'll come up again later. Yeah, and it's just fun to see that. Good Lord, I miss that Megazord. It's so, so simple. And so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, out of all the Megazords that I own, he is my favorite. I kind of have a habit of only collecting the OG Megazord, which I know MMPR, MMPR bad, but you know, there's, you can't, you can't just, you can't, you can't mess with perfection guys. Come on. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure there's been a couple of swords that we've seen since then that if you could get toys, you would Q-Rex, the red racer Zord. True. But I've, I've had to be a little bit more selective in the last few months of what I buy. Yes, quite. Anyway, anything else to say about the Zords? No, because I am itching to get into thematics now. Yeah, we're going to be sitting here which for we've a been, hot minute, which aren't we, we? Yeah, we're going to be here for a little bit. We might as well just we might as well just accept the fact this is going to be one of the longest episodes ever. Um, Go figure that so, the sequel to RPM, which the, our episode on the sequel to RPM is. The longest episode we made when previously it was the episode on RPM. Right. Correct. We're, I know Jack, Jack told us during the 2017 movie episode that he's working his way through Megaforce. So Jack, I'm Why? sorry. Why? I am sorry. Oh, you mean our episode? Oh, I thought he was talking he's about working, the show. Why would he subject himself? No, to God, no. He's working his way through the episode. He hadn't finished it yet because no, 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 Our episode of Megaforce is gold. Our Megaforce <laughs> episode was was yeah. Our Megaforce episode was also very long. So, but any, no anyway, anyway, we rants. have been 
<laughs> we have been we have been peppering. If you have, if you can't tell, it's really hard to talk about Beast Morphers without talk without just leading with the theme because the theme is there. It's there. I don't remember what episode it was that it clicked. I it was pretty early on. Unless you remember Nate, I don't I you don't came know up with what it. It was around, I, don't I think, know. about, I was about five or six episodes in, I think. About five or six episodes in. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, the the, the theme is there. And the theme we landed on was, uh, what does it mean to be human? Or just and, being human. Or just being human. Or, um, yeah, just being human would be, would be an easier way to phrase it as well. And I'm surprised that we've not landed here before. We could have. We could have landed here before. Um, but the thing is, is this, this show basically, we said, spells oh. it out. I, yeah, spells it out. I was like, huh, the theme seems to be being human. And then they're, they just spell out for Like our assumption became text in the show. We felt very validated. <laughs> very. Like I was, I was so excited when they started using that kind of language. I'm like, yes, I got it. Ha ha. Ha ha. Victory. Victory is mine. Um, no, uh, no, <laughs> no. Oh, uh, okay. Virus eliminated. <laughs> anyway, so cycle eliminated. <laughs> I have to, I have to ask because there's just so much to unpack. Where do you want to start? Oh, good Lord. I mean, the easiest place to start is steel. Yeah, Which we've because, already well, talked a lot about Steel, but he's the well, most obvious example of the theme. Let's start with Steel, and then we—I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll take a few rabbit trails from Steel. But yes, like let's start. Let's actually start from. Let's actually start backwards. Like because Steel, regardless of what how we feel about how it how it ultimately ended up, Steel gets his wish, and he becomes human. Right. He becomes human. He finally gets his human form, right. um, which sidebar the, the ADR for that is ridiculous. It's and weird. I try my best just to just weird and it's ridiculous. I get what they're doing, but I don't like it. I wish they would just went with something else, but that's just me. Yeah. So, so steel makes the ultimate sacrifice by sacrificing his body for the greater good and the grid because we're talking about the grid now as it's this omnipotent thing. The grid rewards him by giving him the desire of his heart. And that's to be human. Right. Which, I mean, you could look at it that way and it's, it takes a little bit of the disappointment away from, uh, for me, but I still think it would have been so much stronger if it had, if they, if his humanity was more transcendent, because that's, I think where the issue lies here. I think we've seen stuff in past seasons, like RPM, even where the discussion of humanity and what it means to be human. If it, if the subject is broached, it goes beyond the physical. Whereas this show seems to land more on humanity being physical as well. And I, not the biggest fan of that because for me humanity is more transcendent. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we, that's we why I said it would that's why it would have been so much more impactful if they said he was the most human uh, of us all. And we toyed around with even exploring like transhumanism. 
right uh, for this yeah. for this ep- for the, for this episode. I don't know if it's and, as necessary, even though I have done some research on it. If you want to hear me talk about transhumanism, go listen to episode three of the Monster Island Film Vault, where I talked about transhumanism in connection to the Godzilla anime trilogy on Netflix. Mm. But there are some things that apply to it, but I, it's not as applicable as I would have thought here. Right. Yeah. So, the, and I, I also want to, we're going to be jumping around a lot because there's just a lot here. And we, st- I started down this line of thinking earlier when we were talking about, uh, when we were talking about Blaze and Roxy being the avatars. So it's, the, it's this, it's this fake, it's this fake synthetic version of of roxy and blaze and i don't and i find it i i i want to believe that it was on purpose that they were referred to as the avatars because that is what we're seeing in the digital world and the digital realm now and, and all the studies and things that have been done on on the impact of of social media and being constantly online those studies are currently being done and and some studies have already come out saying that it's not good for us to be always online, to be all, to always be hiding behind our avatars. And that's how I took it. That's where my mind went with those, with, with Roxy and blaze. And the, the reason why they're referred to as the avatars is because they are fake versions They're Well, they're obvious it's text that they are fake versions of the real thing. And then, and really, if you think about it, that's what, that's what social media and what the did like living in these digital spaces is you're presenting you're you're presenting a oftentimes a fake version of yourself to the world because you're hiding you're either hiding something or you're you don't have the confidence to you know be your true self be your um you know to show your human side right which because because we project Sorry, I was just going to finish. I I was just going to finish my thought there, Um, because if you you think about it, like the reason why people have so much anxiety, especially when they're looking on like when they're on Facebook and I don't want to beat up on Facebook. It's easy to beat up on Facebook, but um, but when people are looking on all of them, (laughs) yeah, it's easy to beat up on all of them, because what we what we show to the world through our social media is. The, the the good moments, the happy moments of our life, the highlight reel is it, as I've, as I've heard it uh, described as we showcase our highlight, our life's highlight reel on social media, but we don't necessarily show the struggles. We don't show the anxieties. We don't show the fears and, and the, and the, we only show the wins. We don't show the losses. Um, we project a more positive version of ourselves, an alternate version of ourselves where we, and we're removing some of the core things that make us human, grief, sadness, anger, um, all the things that make up the human experience. We will oftentimes remove, remove some of that to project the, um, the, the, the highlight reel, the pot, because I keep, I can't think of another way to phrase it, but the highlight reel of our lives. Right. Right. Which is why maybe if these avatars were more extensions and not just copies of Mm. Blaze and Roxy, that might have made them a little more interesting. But I don't know Mm. if that would have necessarily worked for what the show was trying to do. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Not sure on that. Yeah, it doesn't work entirely. I, right. I acknowledge it doesn't work entirely. I'm only latching on to the fact that they're called avatars. In well, fact, I th- uh, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, well, it, it does get interesting in season two when they're robots and then they have infinite respawns because they can just be remanufactured. They're just products on an assembly line. We can just make you yeah. again. Yeah. You're yeah. replaceable. So I easily just feel, replaceable. I, and, I, and I pointed this and I pointed this out uh, to you. I don't remember what, what episode it was, but I pointed this out to you uh, via text where you have Evox who is having a conversation with, with Roxy and blaze. And up to that point, we hear the, we hear the Rangers refer to them by their name, Roxy and blaze. Right. We, but Evox only refers to them as the avatars. So basically Evox is trying to dehumanize or, or, um, uh, or, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, regress, dehumanize, uh, reduce, reduce. There we go. He's trying to reduce them down to something that is not, not them. Very, very inhuman. It's a very inhuman reduction. Yeah. Which goes back to how he conducted things back in RPM. <laughs> we talked about how his monsters of the week were just tools. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But you know, that was really all they were. So we talked a lot about steel and everything. We talked about uh, what we haven't really talked about. Well, we Evox basically dehumanized the mayor, took him over. Yeah. And it's human DNA that is his kryptonite, his ultimate weakness. Yeah. Because it's Which incompatible I've... with his with his computer virus nature. Which is also what saved Steel from him. Mm. You can't makes... take over Steel. Which again, why it would have made sense that Steel could have held him at bay so that they could do the final blow. But anyway, sorry. Which makes what Evox did to distract Devon to dis- basically to disarm Devon that much more despicable, because Evox knows how to manipulate humanity. And that's all it is. It's manipulative. Yeah. It's 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 reducing humanity. It's reducing humanity down to a means to an end. Right. Right. And then the, we see it. Uh, we also see the theme explored a bit with the beast bots. Because mm-hmm. even though the oh, beast yeah. bots and again, this is why some of the things that they do in the show kind of undermines its own theme a little bit. The beast bots after a couple of episodes are basically just treated as people. They're machines, but they're just mm-hmm. treated as like they are living, quote unquote, living, breathing things mm-hmm. because why? Because their personalities help them to trend, transcend humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like what we saw a bit of la- in the previous episode with Redbot. Yeah, and uh, what was her name? Uh, the pink, uh, the white ranger. I can't remember her name now. Suddenly, oh Haley, Haley, Haley where she says that you know it, that being human is more than just you know, what you're uh, what you're made of. What you know, what is your physical form? And mm-hmm. so I think we see another iteration of that here. There's even lines in the show about how the B spots are as much a part of the ranger team as any of the actual rangers and they're <clears throat> they're the rangers best friends and they're incredibly valuable and things like that and so i like i said 
there are points where it does seem like the show is saying that humanity is transcended and other points where it's like humanity requires the physical. So it's right. a little bit confusing at points, which is, again, like I said before with Captain Chaku, why I was confused because it really would have hammered it home if if Captain Chaku's daughter saw him when he still had the bionic implants and she still loved him. Mm. Because he thought he was less than human with those right. implants. But the truth is, he's not. Now, mm. he could still go on a personal journey where he learns that. Mm. You know, but it doesn't change the fact that, yeah, it's more than simply that. Because yeah. I do think, I mean, you and I, Michael, are both Christians, so we do think that humans are transcendent. Mm. And to get a little bit theological here, my apologies for those of you who aren't, you're about to get a little bit of a crash course. <laughs> Christian theology properly understood says that human humans are incarnate beings. They are both spirit mm. and physical, mm. spiritual and physical. Whereas mm. angels and demons are purely spiritual and animals are purely physical. That's mm. why humans are unique because they right. are both. I even read a book one time that was meant to be a bit of a successor to the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis is called Lord Falgram's letters where it was the same format, a, an elder demon writing to his, I think it was his nephew. That's what it was in screw tape and giving was, him instructions yeah. on how to manipulate his human target. His patient, as I think is what it was in Screwtape Letters. And he told him that demons hate humans because they are incarnate beings. Mm. Which I think is interesting. So all of that to say, because we as Christians believe humans have souls, we do believe that what makes you human is transcendent. We are not simply mm. bodies. Mm -hmm. That's why it bugged me a little bit that the show at points thematically did seem like it was kind of talking out of both sides of its mouth a little bit. Right. Well, I have a question What's for, that? for the, for, for the folks listening who are non-theological, they may, you may be someone who doesn't believe in anything. You may be agnostic. You may be atheist from a very practical level. What makes us human? Well, we, we are sentient. We are self-aware. We because you know, animals are not aware of things like that. Like one of the things that is uniquely human is we are very aware from a very early age of our own mortality. Mm. Now an animal might fear for its life, but it's not living in constant fear of its own mortality. We're right. very aware of our mortality from a very early age. We know that mm. one day we will die. Whether it's, whether it's in nine months or 99 years, we are going yeah. to pass away. Right. And that's a reality that we generally don't think about, <laughs> but we're always aware of it. So I would say that's one aspect of it, but it's really just boils down to the fact that we have minds. We can think we can do complex things. We can we're capable of so much more than all the 
other life that we see on this planet? I would say, you know, I, I wasn't quite prepared for that question or else I would have come up with something that sounded much more intelligent and philosophical. <laughs> that's why I, I didn't. That's why I wanted to ask you on the fly, because I wanted to get a I wanted to see if I could get a raw answer out of you. Right. Well, what about you? What do you think? I think that humans, I think what makes us human human is the ability to feel. I think we have the ability to ability actually, to love. We have abil- the ability to love, the ability to feel, but most importantly, and this is something that this is something that I don't believe animals possess is the ability to empathize. Right. And that is that is something that that is a unique gift that as well, humans we have I think some people's pets are capable of of empathizing in some weird way. Either that or we think I would, they are. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see that argument because you, you, you think about, you, you hear about, you hear the stories about uh, dogs. For, dogs are the easiest way, are the easiest ones to latch onto because the, you know, the dog, the dog is loyal. You've, you know, the dog is, the story of a loyal dog is there for a reason because dogs are incredibly loyal. Dogs can sense emotions. Dogs can sense chemical imbalances. Dogs can sense sadness. Um, there are, you know, that's why we have dog. That's why we have service dogs who can sense a, who can sense a seizure or some kind of medical ailment before we're able to detect it because dogs are incredibly sensitive. Um, I don't know if I don't know if dogs, though, however, have the ability to empathize because. To have empathy, you have to be able to put yourself in the place of the other person. Right. So I guess it's different... more like they're sympathetic. Sympathetic. Yeah. yeah. They're a little bit sympathetic. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would allow an argument of not allow, but I would accept an argument that dogs are sympathetic, not necessarily empathetic, because to me, empathy comes when you're able to put yourself in the place of the person that that you're being empathetic to. Right. Or being sorrowful for or whatever. But I think that is that to me is a very unique gift. Right. That 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 human beings have. Right. Um the the ability to be in the case of steel, I know steel is the easiest one to latch onto for this topic, but the ability to be self to be self-sacrificial. Right. To say to, that might override the survival instinct. To over, yeah, we go. There's, there's a better way that there's a better way to put it than I was going to. But to override the, to override the lizard brain, the, the core survival instinct that we all possess, to say no, I'm going, uh, the the life of this person or the 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 purpose of this situation is bigger than myself. Now, we can that also plays into some of the some of the Christian theology that you and I both uh, that that you and I both believe in. But I think it's also at a at a carnal level, regardless of you, whether you believe in anything, whether you believe in God or you don't, I think that we all possess the ability to pursue things that are bigger and there are more transcendent than ourselves. Right, right. And I think Steele also illustrates that one of the what's he wanting? He wants human experience. He wants mm-hmm. to eat ice cream. He wants to go swimming. It's stuff that we take for granted. It's stuff, it's stuff we take for granted, but it's also uh, what's because 
if there are animals that eat, there are animals that swim, there are animals that do the things he's talking about. But I think what he wants is he wants the pleasure that can be derived from the it. joy, the joy of it. That is a very human thing. Yeah, because you can because there's a difference between there's a difference between eating to survive and then eating for enjoyment or eating for. Yeah, pleasure. and that's why it, it's interesting that he's always citing ice cream i think is more specific well not just ice cream but most of the time it is ice cream because ice cream is made for pleasure it's not because because it's healthy or nutritional although there's nutritional ice cream out there i know but we don't think about ice cream in terms of nutritional value we think of ice cream in terms of the pleasure it gives us this is true like i think that is and and to, we talked about, I think we talked about earlier in this episode, I know we talked about this in private, but there's such a, there's a childlike, there's a childlike wonder and a childlike curiosity and even in a childlike enthusiasm to steal that is really interesting because I feel like every one of us has that capacity to, you know, have that childlike instinct in all of us, like at our core, there kids are um kids are incredibly honest i think i mentioned this earlier in the episode kids are incredibly honest and they will they will say thing it's what is the what is the scripture that says is it the, is it scripture or is it something else that says uh from the mouths from the mouths of babes oh that is you know, biblical the, is it biblical okay um i couldn't remember because there's a lot of there's a lot of little idioms and a lot of little things that we say as a culture that are biblical and some of them aren't um some of them are just made up through you know, through colloquialisms and all of that. But, you know, there is such a, there's an honesty, there's an honesty to children that I think that steel is exuding in this. Yeah, it is from, it is from Psalm nine. No, excuse me. It is from Psalm eight, two. Mm, Okay. What is the exact what is the exact passage? Do you remember what you have it in front of you? Uh, I do. In the King James, that's how I initially found it. In the King James, it says, Out of the mouth of, of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength. Mm-hmm. Which, depending on the different translations, it'll probably come out sounding different. It might, sound, might be translated as out of the mouth out of the mouth of children or something like that. Right. Yeah. Regardless, regardless, I think that helps. It helps my point that kids are, and it goes back to what we were talking about with, um, um, captain Chaku, her, his daughter. Yeah. We were talking about how kids are incredibly, um, they have this wonderful capacity to, to be, to be incredibly accepting regardless. Like they don't like as adults, we look at, we look at social status and we look at income and we look at, and, and some of us, you know, uh, you know, racism is a thing. Yes. We look at skin color. Um, but children, I feel like children don't see that as often. Not unless they're taught. Not unless they're taught. Right. Because there's a lot to be said about the innocence of children. We've, we've talked about on other shows about main, about retaining the innocence of children. Right. We talked about that when we talked about, when we talked with our, um, with our friend Tommy at giant size violence yeah. about, you know, kind of protecting the innocence of, of media or innocence of children, like, you know, taking a, a kid's property and, 
and adultifying it. You know, we've talked about that stuff, that kind of stuff before, uh, because there's a, there's a purity to it. And I think there's a purity to steel that, um, is very human. It's, it's, it's base. I feel like steel is, is the base is base level humanity. <laughs> it's entry level. It's entry level humanity. It's, um, I guess that makes it be- interesting that he's a silver ranger then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking about purity there. <laughs> yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's such a, there's a, there's such a base level of humanity to, to steal, uh, the, you know, simple joy, enthusiasm, curiosity. I think that's another thing that, I think that's also another thing that sets us apart from the animals. Now I'm not saying that all that animals aren't curious. You look at apes, uh, they're curious, Cats, you know, dogs, cats are curious, but there's a different type of curiosity that humans possess. It's curiosity coupled with it's curi- it's curiosity coupled with um I, th- I would say a desire to understand a desire to understand there we go thank you you filled in the gap there I was looking for an, an I was looking for an eloquent way of saying it but that works too yeah. um because we have we've talked I think you mentioned it that humans have the ability to reason and that's what I've heard a lot of people talk about what separates us from, from the animals, even what separates us from, um, you know, apes and, and things that are, they're higher, that are, that animals that have higher intelligence than say other, other creatures, the ability to reason, right. The ability to do to, to the ability to problem solve. And sometimes, uh, you solve a problem by rushing in and, stabbing a villain in the, in the back with a, with an arrow. <laughs> uh, and then after he no sells it, <laughs> after he no sells it or you're, or you're a little bit subtle. Um, it's kind of like, it reminds me it, it, talking about solving problems reminds me of Zoe where what I'm is the, girl the line who solves her, big problems. I'm the girl who solves big problems. Yeah. And she solves them a lot more subtly. Like you, you think about that episode where her mom was going to expose the Rangers. Like she didn't just go run in guns blazing saying, I'm the, I'm the yellow Ranger. I'm the yellow Ranger. Stop. Stop. That was stop. later. She does reveal her identity later. She does reveal the identity later, but it's, that is such a wonderful moment between her and her mom. Um, but we, but yeah, we we'll, we may talk about that later, but, um, she, she, Zoe was able to solve that problem through more subtle reasoning than just going in guns blazing saying, I'm the yellow ranger. Stop. You know? Right. Um, so that's the, the talk about problem solving and reasoning that makes me think of Zoe. Right. Right. Which is why I say, yeah, being human is transcendent. It's not, simple biology mm-hmm. it really isn't which is what makes things like transhumanism and stories like though like that of steel or data from star trek the you know, there's a lot of stories in science fiction about robots wanting to be human and to understand what it means to be human <laughs> and right. wrestling with what that means and you know am i human because i can reason you know and that's something that 
the people who are working in the tech field trying to develop AI. I mean, that it's going to be a question that we're going to have to really wrestle with. We're wrestling with it now, but we're really going to have to wrestle with it as AI and technology becomes more advanced because the line might start getting blurred. Yeah, you look yeah. at uh, what is it's a it's a, I think this is a book. To, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is a book. But you think of uh, something like Westworld. 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 Uh, that was actually it was not a book. It was originally a movie, and then it was made into a television. Yes. Show. Yeah, that's right. That was it. Was a movie. That's right. That's right. That's right. The, well, the com- but it was well, the, the movie was written and directed by Michael Crichton. Right. The, the premise, the premise is still the same though. Like the, that, that, that movie and that series blurs the line of what mean, what it means to be human. There's other things going on there as well, but Blade Runner does the same thing as well as the book it's based on. Do Android's dream of electric sheep by Philip K. Dick. Mm -hmm. So it's a concept that's been around for a while and they all wrestle with this. They wrestle with it in very artful ways. You know, this is, Mm -hmm. Power Rangers. It's a superhero show primarily meant for a kid audience, but it's still there. And I think that's what gives Steel such resonance. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think both of us are will unabashedly say he's our favorite Ranger in this show. Oh yeah. And it's not to begrudge the other characters. The other characters are solid, but yeah. Steel well, nope. I won't. Well, no pun intended this time. <laughs> he steals the show. Yeah. And I'll add something else to that. I don't personally think that the human existence is on a binary. I think that there's a lot of nuance to human existence. Um, there's a lot of nuances to what we do on a day to day basis. Right. There's just a there's just a lot of nuances to what we go through on a day to day basis because our emotions, our thought processes, uh, the way we interact with the world can vary at a moment's notice. Like we wake up and we have a plan and we have we have all these plans in place and something it could be something small, it could be something huge that just comes in and wrecks our world and then we have then our path changes. Right. There's just a, there's just a lot of nuances. There's a lot of nuances to, to human existence and it cannot be simply, uh, summed up in a series of numbers, right? A series of ones. It cannot, it can't be just a bunch of ones and zeros. Right. Right. And this is why I really do bristle at any sort of philosophy that robs humans of their dignity. You know, and that's Mm -hmm. why I like things like like Power Rangers, like Ultraman. Ultraman especially is very anti-nihilism. And because that's oh, very much because so, because yeah. nihilism offers no dignity to human to humans at all. Right. It says that human existence is meaningless. And I don't understand how people can live like that. <laughs> I really don't. So that's why I do it. For all of its faults and as muddy as the theme as the thematics are in this season, I have to give credit to Beast Morphers. When it does it right, I really do think it gets it right, which is that humanity is transcendent. 
Anyway, on that happy little philosophical note. <laughs> well done, sir. That was a ten. That is a that is a top ten thematic discussion. Yes. Now we have to get to the awards. The awards, which seem really silly in comparison to the, the, the really deep-hearted discussion we just had. Um, yes, also, yes, yes, but you all, stole these anyway. Uh, we stole, we borrowed and perfected there. The, yeah, the, the, the shtick the is now complete. Satisfied. Now go the, listen the to Henshin. Has been, <laughs> <laughs> we apparently had a lot to say about what it means to be human. Uh, yeah. And because we don't know how to manage time well, that makes us human. So anyway. Um, <laughs> wow. segue. Anyway, first up, the <laughs> Power Range of Motion <laughs> Award for the best stunter fight scene. I have, it, it's, it shouldn't be a surprise, as many great stunts, as many epic battles and fights and everything with, you know, with the crossover and all that as there is, I went... With the Red Racer Zord fighting the Giga Drones in the wrestling ring because it is Sentai absurdity at its best, and Boxertron is Jim Ross as a robot. <laughs> so I loved every single second of it. Right. So for my power range of motion <laughs> award. I'm going to give it to the Red Racer Zord versus um, uh, Blaze's Zord when they had to destroy the uh, the Morphex Tower in the Cyber Dimension. I did this not should just show you that, how popular this Zord is with us. <laughs> I did not think that that epi- I did not think that that was going to be a good ending to that. I honestly thought they were just going to one shot the whole thing and just be done with it. Um, but there is, there's, there's significant weight to it. There's, there's a significant amount of tension as the, as, uh, as, uh, uh, Evox is commencing the download into our reality. Um, so that's why, that's why I picked that one. And next up we have the ultra S effect. See, now I'm screwing it up. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) see, you can't even say (laughs) the ultra S effect Zord award for the best special effect. See, I'm human too. <laughs> Nate is not a robot confirmed. Well, okay. So I'm going to give it to that crazy ass battle between the, uh, the Chimera Zord, the Chimera, uh, the Chimera Megazord or Chimera. Yeah. The Chimera Zord. We'll just call it that. And the Dino Mega, the OG Dino Megazord the Dino Thunder Megazord, the uh, Beast X Megazord, the uh, what is the what is the what is the last one? Crap! It was oh, the Dino uh, Charge Megazord. The Dino Charge. I forgot Dino Rexy. The Dino Charge Megazord. That was ridiculous. It and, was, and I I have the same thing, but I have it jotted down in my notes as three Dino Megazords versus Evox's Crazy Zord exclamation right. so, point <laughs> i just want to i just want to tack on just one thing that it was so nice to see a refurbished uh og megazord back uh that was cool i like that a lot yeah i was really surprised to see all of them there i was particularly surprised seeing the uh, the og megazord Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, it's there. And funny enough, it looks really basic next to the rest of these. <laughs> it does, but it still looks really nice. Again, simple, 
and beautiful. Yes. Quite. Quite. Now, more phenomenal Mad Libs for the best line. Weirdly enough, as many, I considered a lot of different ones. There were some BA lines. There were a lot of really funny lines. I ended up going with one that fits the thematics. You and I are going to have the same one. We are? With Commander Mom? Yeah, we're going to, because we both reacted to it in a pretty positive fashion. I even said, I have to pause the video and back up to write it down exactly. (laughs) Sure, that drove you crazy. I was going to use. If you weren't going to use it, I was going to use it. So I'm glad you did pick it. But the line, the line comes from uh, the final episode. You know, I, the final episode. They've all the, the the Rangers have rallied the troops. They have you know, yes, Steel because is, Devin has his Steve Rogers moment, and I'm surprised you didn't bring that up. When we were I thought about, about it. I did think about that one too. But yeah, so because they have their own little version of the I'm a Ranger too, where mm-hmm. He, in true Steve Rogers fashion, if you've seen Captain America, the Winter Soldier, he gets on the intercom and gives us a little speech saying, hey, we're the Rangers and we're going to go fight Evox, evacuate the, the grid battle force building right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so we can make sure everyone is safe. And then everyone just starts chiming in and saying, I'm staying, I'm staying, I'm staying, I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I like that. Right there, I, I I was thinking to myself for a hot moment. It's like you know what? I think it just it just solidified it just guaranteed top tier status for me. And then things happened afterward, and I'm like, oh, well, now I have to think about it. <laughs> right. So, do you want to read the line, or you want me to? You can go ahead. It's fine. Okay. So the line reads like this. Um, this is this is from Commander Mom. Uh. Evox's strength comes from data and energy, nothing more. But you, you're, you're, you're strong because you're human. You fight for each other and the world. If you remember that, there's a chance you can beat him. So, Yeah, which again kind of runs up against the, you know, he's a robot. He's a machine, so he's not really human sort of a mm-hmm. thing. So there's a little bit of a conflict there, but it fits thematically with what the show is doing. And it's a nice BA line. <laughs> it is. It is. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot, actually. Right. Right. And I think we have the same one for the next one, too. For I, I, I can't believe that happened for the craziest moment. Do we need to talk about it in song? good lord have mercy jesus Uh. power rangers the musical god anyway steel loves to sing it is a very human thing lord how much do you hate me right now i hate you a lot i i despise I despise musicals. <laughs> I warned you. Ugh. I yeah, warned so, you. I warned you. You hate musicals. You have no soul. <laughs> I don't. Li- I just don't like them. I just don't. I just. Don't, I don't find musicals necessary. But whatever. Wow. 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 I wanted to be really mean and say I don't find you necessary, but. Wow, sir. <laughs> Messed up. How dare wow. you? Wow. But there would be people who would tell you that they think tokusatsu is unnecessary. 
Well, those people would be wrong. Just like you are right now about musicals. (laughs) Oh, whatever. But anyway, what's the damn award, Nathan? Steel breaks out in song <laughs> to talk about this thing about being human. It turns into a Disney Channel comedy or something for a second. I'm like, what just happened? What just happened? They have never done this before. Why is there a musical in the middle of my Power Rangers episode? What is going on? And I still can't figure out if it was a fantasy sequence or not. It's great to be human. Something, something, and do what I want to do. It's great to be human. And, and they they went all out. They went all out. They had chore- choreographed dances. They had people wearing costumes. They had, like, the girls wearing dresses with big billowy skirts so they would twirl. And it's just, they went, they just, they went nuts with this. It was a full tilt production. I, this is probably the you know, only episode where they could have done it. I just, I wasn't prepared. I wish I, I needed to be warned. You know just, what, Power Rangers, if you're going to break out into song, you need to warn me. I mean, they kind of did this in Zio, but it wasn't a full tilt production. It was just this joke because Tanya and Tommy had to sing the entire episode. We had to sing the entire episode. We had to sing. Okay. Yeah. That one was actually a little difficult to watch at points, but it was. Oh, this was just what just happened. (laughs) And like I said, can someone please tell me if it was meant to be a fantasy sequence or not? I am so confused. You know what? Just that. Yes, that was my award. But since I don't like musicals, I'm going to pick some. I'm actually no! going to pick something else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick something else. Just no! because I want. An excuse, <laughs> I want an excuse to. Th- I just want an excuse to talk about it because I like Zoe so much. Damn it! Um, Wait a <laughs> Zoe reveals that she's a ranger to her mom. Nah, oh. take it. Boom. We've seen that stuff before. I don't care. It's a. It's a nice moment. There, that's my wow. Because I don't want to stick with the, I don't want to stick with that absurd musical. You are so soulless that I am not. You refuse to acknowledge that Power Rangers, your favorite franchise, turned into a musical for a hot minute because you hate musicals that much. Oh my God, Zilla! Jesus. Okay. Yes, he have well, you considered are, him lately? Well, those are our awards, <laughs> listeners with attitude. Do you agree with our awards? Do you disagree with our awards? Please tell Do us. you think Travis yes. I almost called you Travis. Do you think Michael is a heartless bastard you? for hating musicals? Whoa, sir. Whoa. We just had an entire discussion about what it meant to be what it means to be human and, and I think you I reject music. The one of the most human things you can come up with music. He's saying about being human. How dare you? You heartless machine. You're actually Evox, aren't you? You have caught me, Marchand. How dare you? 
I am Michael the One Immortal Me. Okay, this episode's getting off the rails. Anyway, hey, those were our hey, awards. someone say something about Vengex? Are you hiring? Oh I need God, a job. Not this idiot again. Jesus Christ. Uh, not hiring? Okay, bye. God. Is this going to be... A, I'm so, you know what? I'm so glad this is the penultimate episode for this... <laughs> For for this uh well the franchise. penultimate discussion uh, episode. The the penultimate discussion episode. So hopefully hopefully that snarky bonehead won't show up <laughs> nearly as often. Hey um hey, his Sentai is slated for next season. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> so Nathan, do you know what time it is? Is it Morphin time? Go, go, and this is the part of the show where in 60 seconds or less, we give our final thoughts on a season or movie that we are participating in for the Power Rangers franchise. And so, Nathan, do you have your timer ready? Indeed. All right. So I have to get my timer ready because I, I did not expect you to have your timer ready. OK, now I have my timer ready. OK. All right. Who? All right. Well, this is a. This is, okay. Anyway, <clears throat> ready, set, go. So, Beast Morphers was kind of surprising, but we mm, just I came agree. off a of Ninja Steel because Ninja Steel hurt us. I mean, no, Ninja Steel was. Yeah, I mean, like we said, Ninja. Like we said in that episode, when it comes out, um, the Ninja Steel was pretty mediocre. This is well above mediocre. I will be revisiting Beast Morphers at some point in the future. I and yay name affinity with the Power Ranger. Finally, it happened. And now, whether or not whether or not he's whether or not you're better than him or he's better than you, that's still debatable. Sure, sure, but we can agree that Steel is amazing. Obviously. Steel is amazing. I highly recommend if you haven't watched Beast Morphers. I highly recommend Beast Morphers. It's I one of the it's a Power Ranger still left on Netflix. It is. That's true. That is true. And and the thematic discussion that we just had was obviously like one of the best. Indeed. Time's up. Yes, quite. Damn. Missed it by that much. <laughs> by that much. And speaking Missed of penultimate, <laughs> speaking of penultimate discussion episode, we are now coming up to the most recent season or series i should say of power rangers the power trip the first leg of it anyway is almost done (laughs) how does it feel marchand i was thinking about this earlier today but how does it feel to be almost done with this leg of the power trip it's weird and i don't know if i should feel embarrassed by the fact that i've i spent the last year watching nearly a thousand episodes of americanized tokusatsu I think you should be honored that I allowed you to come on this journey with me. Right. Just like I allow (laughs) you to appear on my podcast. (laughs) To talk about animated alien dinosaurs. It. That's going to be such a good episode. Um, But. (laughs) But. but (laughs) Sleeping. It feels really good to, it feels really, well, it feels really weird to get to this point. Like in January, and we'll talk, I'm sure we'll reminisce, we'll reminisce on this later, but um, a year ago, almost, well, a little less than a year ago, uh, 10 months ago, we'll say, when we started this podcast, I didn't realize how quickly 
this discussion would come. Um, and now we're here. So we're at the penultimate discussion episode for the Power Rangers franchise. Yes. We've watched almost a thousand episodes of Power Rangers. Um, thanks to you, you have helped me achieve my goal of, uh, of watching all of Power Rangers thus far. You so, have watched everything, right? Yes, I have watched including everything. Including the Neo Saban holiday specials? Including the damn holiday specials, yes. Quite. Yes, I have watched everything, which that's a lot of content to put. That's a lot of content to consume in a year, sir. It is. <laughs> but it is. anyway, anyway, give a little preview to the next episode of the Power Trip. We will be discussing Power Rangers Dino Fury, which that's going to be a fun episode. I'm looking forward. Like, I'm wondering. This is what I'm wondering. I'm wondering how our perception of Dino Fury will, how much of that perception will be shaped by what we've seen up to this point? Like everything from Mighty Morphin to Beast Morphers. Like how will that factor into our enjoyment and our discussion on, on Dino Fury? I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to revisit it in light of everything else. Mm -hmm. It will. Looking forward to it. We need to wrap up because we have no time for glitter. We don't have time for glitter, but we do have time for our power blessing. And until next time, listeners with attitude, may you celebrate life and song like steel. And may you always know what it means to be human. And may the power protect you. Virus eliminated. Podcast eliminated. Well, no, we can't say that because the podcast isn't over yet. Oh, okay. Really? What? Really? I'm confused. Me too. Thank you for listening to The Power Trip, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton and Nathan Marchant. If you'd like to send us feedback, email us at powertrippod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at thepowertrippod, and join our official Facebook group, Power Rangers Legacy. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other great podcasts. The podcast logo was designed by Rebecca Hudgens. Follow her on Instagram at super underscore R underscore illustrations. Our theme songs are from the album Power of the Grid by Neil Stenson. We also use Galaxy Quest Instrumental by Heaven Wraith from the OC Remix album Jet Force Gemini Mizar Attacks. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended or implied. The Power Trip has no association with Saban Entertainment or Hasbro. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. And until next time, see ya! This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2022 Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC.